Everybody, I had Jones here with me. Y'all can see it. He came prepared with the merch, with the green screen event behind him, prepared, all set up for the internet world. This is Bridge the Gap. Oh, I got to turn on the Facebook. My name is Holden Stefan Roy. Um, and y'all know this is the show where we like to go through the lives of interesting people such as Jones over here, learn their story, and see what knowledge nuggets we can extract from the process. So in order for us to do this all right, we have a proper opening question. But for that opening question to even make sense, we do need to know where you start your life, like where a very little Jones comes from. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. Um, I guess it all began when it, when it started with music, no, it no, all no. Began when not I was... even music. We going to do this. This is going to be different than what you may be used to. I mean, like life, the littlest Jones. Okay. 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 Um, so I grew up in a small little area in Western Hill called Vintage Crescent. That's Ontario. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's Western Hill, uh, Southern Ontario, in the Niagara region. So right next to the border. Mm. Um, and uh, and at that time when we grew up there, up. I'm gonna kids, we're gonna get into that. But that was just the the, the opening part. Now we're gonna do the real question, and you're basically gonna go to where you were, but with a little more flavor. Um, so all this starts off. It's I have a bit of a story. This little intro thing. It all uh, it all starts off with my girlfriend, right? And uh, she's washing the dishes one time. And I see her there. And, and she's playing uh, on her phone that Black Eyed Peas song. The, I got a feeling. Ooh. She's vibing. She's dancing. And I'm looking at her washing these dishes. And I go, when in the fuck did this song become chores music? Right? Because if you think about this song and run it back, this song is middle of the night club banger success victory music. It's like the happiest stuff ever. Ten years goes by or so. The song doesn't change at all because it's a song and songs don't really change. But we end up in a situation where we as people grow so much and evolve so much in our life that the song goes from being celebration music to I might be working out slash doing chores, some other boring thing. And I kind of wish I was celebrating music. And that got me thinking about all kinds of stuff, like how the musical journeys we go on are just so fickle to how old we are in our relationship with time. Like think about all the little 20 year olds right now. They be running with the drills and all that different stuff. And they don't even know that in 10 years, they're going to be washing dishes to Pop Smoke. Like when I found Pop Smoke, I started washing dishes to him, right? Because that's just what happens. That's what you get older, things like that go on. But it made me realize when we start talking through the interviews and we learn about the musical journeys of the various artists we talk to, it's kind of like what you were doing when music started for me. And you, you run to this point, maybe it's adolescent age, you, you find your first couple favorite songs, you start doing this. But really, the story of our musical journeys goes all the way back. Like, it's a good chance when you popped out in the hospital, there's a song playing in the room that you absorbing as a little baby that you can't even remember. And I say that because when I grew up, I can remember being like five in Montreal in the little apartment. And my dad's got all the gray boxes in the room, the, speak, uh, the, the, the preamp and the amp and the tape deck and the radio with all the wires going to all the speakers around the room with the bootleg home surround sound. And... Um, he would be playing his Led Zeppelin tapes and things like that during the daytime. And at nighttime, it was the MC Mario Club mix straight from the clubs in Montreal. My mom's, it was a lot more of these discos and musicals and, you know, the Disney movies and all that kind of vibes. And all of this stuff 
This was all influence that was being forced down my throat when I was a wee little one without any control over the music that I really consumed in my life. So I was hoping, Mr. Jones, you could run us back to being the youngest Jones you could remember in that small town near the border and tell us what it sounded like to be you before you had any control or interest over the situation. Well, uh... I mean, that was first off, that was quite the elaborate story for me to follow along there. You know, the pop smoke and the, and the you know, influence as a child. <laughs> so I was following along that story. Um, but when I was when I was younger, it was it was a lot less. There was a lot less noise as there is today. Mm. You know, when I was a, a small kid, it was like things were exciting going outside and running around and, and activities and sports and all kinds of things like hiking. It doesn't matter. Swimming. It doesn't matter what it was, was we were more as kids, we were more attracted to actually like doing things than today, whereas a lot of things are digital. So it's a very big, big transition. I got my first Facebook account when I was 14 years old. I'm 33 today. Right. So 14 years old is when I first saw Facebook and it was complicated in the beginning. It was complicated. It was like, I don't even know why anybody would want to use this. Uh, you know what I mean? Like when, when I was, when I was a kid, it, it did. So we didn't have like the most technology that I'd seen as a kid was a PlayStation one at the neighbor's house down the way. We had to beg our parents just to be able to go and use the console. So it was, constantly these kids trying to find their own way of doing things the only thing that i was really really into and really really good at was drawing so drawing Ooh. was the one creative thing that started all of this stuff and this was my my mom is a very very talented artist she sold a ton of pieces of work all color pastel or original charcoal it was it was pretty cool so i started that was my creative kind of spirit starting with with the drawing at the beginning i wasn't really like it was like the blacksmith and the blacksmith's son kind of thing where she was trying to teach me because she was really good okay. and yeah i was interested in it but it doesn't mean that you know what i mean it doesn't mean that i was full force like yeah i want to be this is what i want to be it was like yeah i'm interested in this she saw that and she wanted to pass down her talents to her son that's, and that's exactly how it worked out. So if I so, understand correctly, then uh, music and technology and that whole wave of things wasn't so prevalent in your life growing up. No, because it's no, wild it that you say it like that. Because I'm 34, right? So like it's the opposite. All that shit I told you, it's like we're the same age, but because I grew up in the city, my dad's all about the hustle and bustle and video games and all of this shit, right? And you grew right, up in right, the right. because there was nowhere to go, bro. Like I had to have supervision to leave the house half the time. So like you can go to like the one park right. nearby. So it's super interesting just for me to even hear how little any of that mattered to you because you were like out there playing around in the middle of nature and whatnot. And then your mom was trying to keep you still and get you drying and stuff. And like it doesn't even sound like music mattered to you at this point. Uh, and that well, at that point, my exposure to music was more or less my my dad and he would play his rock albums his mm. rock tunes and then that's like the first real exposure to music that i had so that's why whenever someone plays led zeppelin or metallica or black crows or uh, the glorious sons whatever it doesn't matter you know what the bands were at the time or even up to now it's just those things are it reminds me of my dad 
and okay. because that's all he listened to at the time. And when I first, it leads up to when I was 11 years old, this is prior to the Facebook or any of that, because uh, like I said in the beginning, I grew up in a small little neighborhood called Vintage Crescent. Now, the interesting thing about the area is that there's a huge, anybody who knows the area of Western Hill in the Niagara region knows that there's a huge strip mall there now. There's a big Canadian tire, there's a big Walmart, there's a big huge strip mall. Well, when I grew up there as a kid, there was no strip mall. It was only vineyards. It was one man's farm. And that man must have sold his property to all these big investors. And then it got industrialized. But it doesn't matter because by that time we had already moved from Western Hill into the city. Now, it wasn't a big city. It was a small city. But still, we were into the city and we moved from private school to public so school. You were, so it was a big and This transition. is when you're at 11. And what I think is super interesting is how you kind of snuck in what's happening to farmers and how they get pressured into like selling their land to corporations and it flips up the entire local ecosystem. That's also fascinating. But you're 11 and you, you guys move into the city is what I took from that. And the city might not be yeah, city yeah. by my standards, but city by your standards. <laughs> it, it's a, yeah, like a smaller. It's a smaller city, but the, but the point is that once these like these kids once they move, just mm. to kind of get put give a third party perspective from it. Once these kids move into the big city and then into public school, that's when I started getting exposed to like you were talking about like heavy video games and all these uh, local kids were were doing different stuff. They were trying to, I remember the first cell phone I had was like a Solo Mobile. It was called Solo. And it looked like a walkie-talkie on the front of it. It was like a flip phone. And that was the first, well, actually, I had a phone before that, but I didn't really know how to use it. And mm. then, you know, from that point, then I got this flip phone. And back then, you had to press the numbers Hold just on. to, to send just cause, it. Was, was it a big deal to have a phone out there? Because, like, wildly y'all be in the middle of nowhere and stuff so maybe your mom want to be reaching you in ways that is like different than in the city uh no no having a phone was a big thing and uh see that's the thing man is that once you get to the city it's all about what the kids think is cool right. what everybody thinks is cool what everybody wants to do and in that at that time the most prestigious kids or the most cool kids in the school were the ones with the phones uh -huh. so everybody wanted to get a phone that was like the big thing in elementary school. Everybody wanted to get a phone and they, they were counting down the seconds until they were old enough to get a phone. Now, some of the wealthier kids, they already had the phone. So then, of course, they have all these friends and people that want to hang out with them to see the phone and check it out. But this is before the big boom of Android. This is before the big boom of iPhones. This is way before that. This is when. This is like before. Hold on. This is like before the Motorola flip phones and all of that shit. It was before all that. Because yeah. Motorola, at that time, Motorola was making, they were making work phones. So construction, big, huge, yeah. uh, black construction phones at that time. And that's what they were handing out to the. Are the these like the. Are these the ones that had work. Snake on them or the ones before Snake? Oh, no, this is prior to Snake. Mm. This is the, this is not even at that. We're not even talking about RIP technology, BlackBerry. Like the ones with because, the, well, because Snake came, because like in the 90s, right? They had the like, the because I have a couple of my closet, like those old brick ones that you have to pull out the antenna and shit. And then they had those with a bigger screen. I remember like late 90s. It might be close to 2000. But my dad gets this this phone that's like that, but it has Snake on it. And it's just snake. Oh, okay. It's not even, it's like before the iPod and shit. Like it's just like snake yeah. on the phone. And my God, my dad played the fuck out of that game. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my dad's favorite game was Aquanoid, and it was a computer game. It was the little bar that goes around in a ball, and it breaks mm. the bricks. That was his oh, favorite game. I do know that game. So, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a – it's like Frogger. It's almost as old as Frogger. It's uh, it's a pretty old game, and that was his favorite game. And uh, anyways, leading into the, the whole, you know, me getting interested in music anyways, period, was my grandmother. She gave me uh, – she noticed every time we were going over there as kids – when we visited to have meals and stuff, she had this this keyboard, this this piano. And I would constantly go there playing the piano. I wouldn't even pay attention to anybody else at the thing. And eventually she kept coming downstairs and seeing me down there playing with this piano. And she gave it to me when I was 11. So I started creating my own melodies and kind of just, just playing no around training with it. I didn't or anything. Really just no training, no nothing, just playing around with melodies and stuff. And then I started hearing on the radio, you know, with the hip hop culture and stuff, sometimes I would catch a few things on the radio. See, my parents didn't even like that kind of music. My dad low key liked Eminem and a couple of, you know what I mean? He was into that, but my mom was not happy with that kind of music. She thought that it was just going to breed a whole bunch of negativity and problems starting in my life. So she wasn't really a big believer in that type of music. And then eventually we had times where we were babysat and the babysitter at the time i had a friend who was uh it's unfortunate it's a long story he's not here today but i had a friend at the time and uh and he would come over and we would listen to rap music out on the back porch well the babysitter did well she was cool with it she didn't care so we'd have the the slim shady lp uh, album going and we'd be sitting there mouthing the words and I, 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 I'm Slim Shady, I'm a real Slim Shady you know what the Slim Shadies and then we'd be mouthing the words out there, little 12 year old kids and one time she caught us out there and she came out and she peeked out and she seen us and we didn't we didn't know she was there and she waited until we finished the first verse and then she opened the door and said, what are you guys doing? Are you guys serious? And then we were all you know, deer in headlights looking like oh, well, you know, she just caught us and Eventually, she was like, it's cool. I like the music, too. And that was when we started regularly listening to, you know, like Dr. Dre, Method Man, Red Man, Bob Deep. Uh, there's a whole bunch. Like, there's a whole bunch. I could go on for hours about all so of the different. My big question is, how did y'all get the new music? Like, or how did you discover it? It was more or less like the radio at the time, because but to have are you guys are you guys so picking up American radio? Like, are you able to pick up the U.S. stations from where you're at? Uh, yes, we are. We are able. We get um, Buffalo. So we get, I think it's 93.7 or 93.5. Yeah, so we get, a, we get a station from Buffalo, and that's about it. It doesn't go much further, unless you're on the AM radio. So that's like FM radio. You can only get the one station closer to Buffalo, but all the Canadian uh, stations you can get. And y'all had a hip-hop uh, station out by you? Uh, yeah, actually, we have uh, a, a nine of, uh, Toronto hip hop. Okay. Toronto hip hop. There's there is one station that's that's featuring that that type of music, but the the most is ninety three point seven WBLK, which is uh, their their stationed out of Buffalo. So that's where a lot of the heavy hip hop trap new stuff you know that you hear, unless it's like a mainstream radio hit, and that's another thing too. Is that people are very, I believe, in my opinion, very confused about the difference between, you know, what what gets to a radio, how you hear that, and then what that what is streamed on the internet, and how you hear that, and then what you see on YouTube. I think it's a very very confusing. Maybe we could get into that. I would love uh, to get bit, into so. that. 
That's an amazing yeah, tangent. Because people, I'm in marketing. I'm a, I'm a marketing this specialist. This is great. So I've gone, well, I've gone to school for two years, uh, business, sales, and marketing. So I, I know I'm jumping timeline. So anyway, nah, so let Did, me finish. That, that. I mean, I was, I was I was a teen. I was a teenager. I was a teenager, and I got the first time I looked at Facebook was when I was 14 years old. Everybody used to love MySpace. That's what that was the big thing back then. Is everybody wanted a MySpace? I moved over to Facebook, and that was the first uh, experience that I had with Facebook as a personal profile. I didn't actually get into the branding and the, into the uh, other parts until I was in my mid 20s. So in that 10 year gap, there was a whole bunch of uh, to, be, to be fair for a real long time. There was one main reason to be on Facebook and it was girls. Uh, that is very true too, because we had MSN messenger, but the thing is, is that with MSN messenger, God, that's we good. had uh that it, it was the the beginning. It was the beginning of because it was so high functioning. That's why we liked MSN Messenger. Sending it was high functioning. Songs, it was the nudge button, the right. games. So, oh my gosh! Right, exactly. And but the thing is, is that people were uh, they were a little they lost interest as soon as they heard about this new platform that's supposed to be big called Facebook. And then they lost interest in MSN Messenger. Now, Facebook yeah. didn't have the same functionality as MSN. So this not is even, what this is what amazes bit. Now, this is what amazes me is that MSN Messenger was so high functioning in real time when you used it. But Facebook, when it was just in its infancy, was private messaging, almost like an email in order to message another person when Facebook first started. Yeah. Now they have all of the real-time messaging capability and the same things that MSN had way do, back do you, then. You know what I think way it is, though? Because, <clears throat> like, I kind of remember these happening a little bit. Uh, grade 11, beginning, your version of 12, like, around that age for me. Um, that's when MySpace started to really die and Facebook started to come to fruition, like, when it opened up to Canadian schools and shit like that. And I remember there was one thing that made Facebook better. And it was all the annoying ass shit people did to their MySpace profiles and all the annoying ass shit people did with their display names. Facebook took away all the creative freedom to make your page pink and neon green. And that alone made viewing people's pages just better. YouTube did the same shit. At first they let you customize, then they stopped letting you customize within two years. If you go back and look at the old YouTubes, you'll see it's more like MySpace. And the reason for that is because nobody liked it. So with Facebook, forcing it all into a, a static aesthetic created a more pleasing experience. And I think that was enough because people went too far with colors. And then you could force play sounds. And it, let's be real, MSN Messenger had nudging. That was kind of... It was, it was the reality <clears throat> in my world anyways. The reality of the Switch was because... MSN Messenger, you had to have their contact. Mm. But what if you were a kid that wanted to meet new That's girls? A good point. What if you were a kid that wanted to meet new new people? This was what it was for me. This is a, in real time what it is for what it was for me is it was because I could meet new people and find old friends in the same place as quickly as possible That's without having to go through point. all the hoops of you know what I mean. You have to ask them. For, but you know what? Here's another thing though. This is what happened. There was a shift there because, yeah, you can talk to somebody. And I love that we're getting into this. I thought this was going to be predominantly about music, but I love that we're getting into this. I mean, this, it, this so, is how it goes. It's tangential, and then we just kind of talk about whatever it comes as it flows. 
Hey, well, I'm a marketing guy, so you definitely pick the right topic. So this is so in the the like so messenger, everybody was messaging in real time. But the fact is, is unless you had a pre-existing contact with this person, which means you had to walk up to them and you had to ask them for their email. I know, scary stuff. So now you can access things so quickly and so easily that it's almost like there's a disconnect there. There's a disconnect. It's not even that personal anymore. Literally, the fact that I would have to go up and ask somebody for their email would be step one in the contact of like trying to develop a relationship with this person because they've actually met you face to face and had a conversation with you. But now you can just look that person up in in seconds and you can message this mm, person as if you'd been friends the like, whole time i was trying to figure out like what's the difference here between myspace and what you're describing and myspace was not tied to real life identities it was you can myspace be. was just a glorified flyer but my it was just a but myspace because like i remember being like late high school and like myspace had search functionality and you could like find people geographically close to you and be detached but it wasn't identities it was like an avatar version of yourself. So like in, in a sense where Facebook is more attached to your actual identity, like you had to be well, a person. And, uh, unfortunate. So, okay. So as uh, let me just, let me dial it back for a second. So as humans, we crave human interaction with other humans. Facts. That is a fact. Big I facts. don't even need to like go into that. That's a fact. We all just so, had the last two years. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, and so now, over and and I love that you brought that up too. So we'll get into the pandemic in a second. So the humans crave interaction with other humans. That's a, that's a fact. And and the disconnect was that it wasn't personal anymore. When you went over to this other platform, you could find someone in Nigeria that you want to talk to in seconds and send them a message in real time. They'd probably be sleeping, but in real time, send them a message. And they would see it when they get up in the morning and then they would connect with you and message with you. But the thing is, is that that is it's like a, a blessing and a curse in the same thing. It's a double edged sword because that person will never actually get that personal human interaction with you that you get only when you're in person talking to that person. And, and this is what has shifted over the course of time. So naturally, people are are jumping to different types of behaviors like being there'll be uh narcissism is a big thing all over the internet because of the fact that it's all about me attitude has been broadcasted publicized it's been extorted all through mm. platforms like facebook instagram TikTok, all of these other platforms that we use because of the fact that that disconnect is always going to be there uh, yo, you're never just, going to be able to get that human uh, interaction yo, again like add on to what you're saying is the concept of parasocial relationships like given what i do i am like super like public and i've come to experience that people get a perception of you based on your online persona and then they might meet you in real life and there's a cognitive dissonance between the expectations based on this detached understanding of reality and then like it's almost like you can't even mesh proper in real life because we don't even fully understand how to take the the parasocial characters we've created that have interacted possibly even for years and bring them into the real world. And that's been one of the weirdest challenges for me over the last couple of years. 
It, and and fair enough because this has actually really affected a lot of people. And I'm not a, I'm not saying that I'm some sort of an expert. I'm a marketing expert. No, you, sound you know, that's what on I know. Point so far, like I'm gonna say it, it, on and, point as fuck with this. Yeah, yeah. So and uh, I appreciate that. So it's uh, and uh, so anyways, it's more or less what what's happening now. If I was to be able to give somebody a little insight, what's happening as the average person in my mind is that when I speak to people, it's like, it's like a little bit different, you know, you feel like it's almost like you feel like they don't trust you. You know what I mean? Because you're like, I know that this is an internet thing. And I know that there's a lot of missing variables here. But usually when you're operating as a business or a brand or somebody who's serious about what they're doing, well, the conversations are pretty focused. Like you're talking about music, you're talking about collaborations, you're talking about things of that nature. But when you're talking about like relationships, where people are and young people are doing it all over the internet. They're looking for relationships with people they don't even know. They don't even know. And they're mm. constantly in search of these relationships. And with that disconnect that's happening, it's like, it's almost, it's, it's hard to believe that you will ever find it. It's like, you're searching for something you're never going to find because you're trying to find that authenticity. You're, find a tra- you're trying to find transparency and you're never going to get that. But it's it's even more than that. I'm going to even go beyond that, right? Like a lot of the internet-based thing creates checklists, right? A checklist way of thinking. I've I've talked because I've I've not been doing this shit since 2014. So back when I did internet dating, you had to meet in real life, okay? Like it didn't work if you didn't meet in real life. But now it's like wildly like I have had homeboys break down stories of girls who have taken notes on them mid-date. I've heard like all kinds of wild shit where like the filters, the presentation, everybody's trying to check the boxes on their side and find the people that best check their boxes. Almost like we're creating shitty algorithms, but we don't know how to make algorithms, so we're bad at it. <clears throat> right, right. And and speaking of which, like that's a lot of stuff that that's a big takeaway that people can can when speaking to me anyway. So it's a big takeaway that they can have is that there is intricate knowledge of these platforms that I do have and public knowledge as well that's related to all of this stuff. Mm. And if you're a good, if you're somebody who's who's sharp and you're good at, you know, like I was an English major, man. Like in school, bro, I was an English major. I was writing poetry. It was the art, constantly doing art all the time. And then art transitioned into art and music. So I never had a problem communicating with anyone on the internet or otherwise but not everybody's like that you just some people you'll communicate with them and you'll have this like relationship with them kind of developing whether it's brand or whether it's some girl you like or whatever it is and then down the road when you actually meet that person they act totally different and the reason being is because they know that that disconnect is there they're not dumb they're aware that that disconnect is there so when it comes to me and my music when it comes to promoting my music, I come across as humble as possible because a lot of the time, the people that you're speaking to, if it's another musician, would much rather you listen to their stuff than them listen facts. to yours. And that is the truth. They want it you to facts. listen to their stuff and they'll act like they're your friend, homie. They'll act All like they're the your big buddy and everything just so that you can like their stuff. And this is the narcissistic behavior Yo, that I speak of. This is this is what it is, brother. I, I mean, you know? I don't even like everything you just described there. Pff, real talk, man. Like, wildly. I'm gonna grab the board. Yeah, no worries. Sorry wildly, like I'll hear. I mean, I, I mean, I've met a lot of people 
I don't even talk really a lot about me making music unless it can organically squeeze in. If I can organically squeeze that shit in, I'm going to promote myself to the day I die. But like, the truth is, is I know that most people who want my approval of their music don't give a shit about the music I make. And like, people don't even really, uh, like, my least favorite question is, what do you think about this? I'm like, nah, B, you don't really want to know. Don't ask questions you don't want to know the answer to. So it's like, it's like the the language that surrounds this strange commodification like i find rappers wildly treat other rappers like they treat girls and that getting fans is like getting vagina and if you like actually look at the behaviors it's some real thirst that really goes on and it creates this commodification culture and that's another thing with the internet because like you said all those relationships right they wildly like commodified what can I do for you? What can you do for me? How does our value meet in the middle? Like we had an actual like shoot the shit conversation, which is rare for me. I rarely do that beforehand. But it was kind of like something I've been thinking about. And like we did a video call. That's what I'm referring to something they don't yeah, know yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They yeah. don't know about it, but we know about it. Anyway, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff doesn't happen enough. Most of the time we do the interview, we book it. The first time I talk to the person, five minutes before, I never talk to the person again. No relationships really get founded. It's just this like, yo, what can I do for you? What can you do for me? And then I found the same thing was happening in music. Like, yo, let's work on music. Or I'd go to like a beat maker's house and like within an hour they're playing beats at me. And I'm like, hold on, am I sp- are you trying to sell me beats here? I don't understand what's happening. Apparently, maybe that's what rappers wildly be doing. But like to me, it's like, yo, I thought we was chilling. And that whole element of having relationships that are meaningful in person is mad not being moved towards. <laughs> yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But mad not being moved towards. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's what's happening is what's happening is that we have a culture of people that are a generation of people that don't understand people's skills. Mm. They don't understand people's skills because of the fact that they are consistently leaning on digital technology to develop their relationships. That's why they don't have people skills because they're not around people. They also, and that is what it is. That's the heart of it. And now I, all I wanted to say at the end of that, there's, there's a disclaimer there too. It doesn't mean nothing I'm saying, because I know you have people on the live too. So I just want to say, that nothing I'm saying means that the internet's bad or that the internet's an evil place or that all of this stuff. I, that, that I think is pretty much everybody's fucking aware of the fact that the internet's creating some giant societal it, social it's, issues. And, it's amazing. <clears throat> it's an amazing tool. It's an amazing tool. It's a terrible toy. Mm, terrible. Terrible that's toy. That's a good way to put it's it. It's an amazing tool. And and that's the thing is that people like to play with the internet because they think that it's it's going to somehow service them. So they play with the internet because it services them. What is it servicing? It's servicing their need for something. What is their need? The usually you're talking about thirsty men. Okay, well we can default to that one. We know what their need is. But hold on, is that their need or is that their want? That's the want. The need is that's the want. Because the need is to be appreciated, to be accepted. To be taken in by somebody else. That is the need. The want is to be, is to have a, a sexual relation with that woman or, because she looks Or good. just attention. But Let's be real. Sometimes. Just attention. That could be it too. A lot of people are lazy. So they want that easy, quick gratification response. Check it out. Here, let me hit, hit, hit some guys on the lives with some facts. I don't even know who's watching, but guess what? You're going to get it now. And <laughs> so 
in, in the in back in my grandmother. Okay, so I'm 33 years old. My grandmother back in their day had to have a relationship with someone. You would have to go through a ton of hoops. You would have to not only when you call their dad is answering their Ooh. dad, and you're trying to their dad is answering. Who are you? That's what's going on. You had to go through a whole bunch of stuff to actually even get a chance to take her out. And even when you do take her out, it's like you better have her back by 11, bro, watching like straight up. And that's how relationships were formed because parents were very protective in those days and rightfully so with the way the world was. Now, today, today, this guy's daughter can go have multiple relationships with other men and and guy won't even know Mm. why because of this this disconnect because it's so easily accessible because she can have a man act like he appreciates her and she'll give him everything and that's all she wants is just to be appreciated and talked to and she'll give him all of this stuff and it's like you can buy into their whole life and you don't have to do anything it's it's insane so i have daughters too i'm dad too Mm. i should have added that at the beginning of the i was like that does feel some dad energy Yeah, yeah. So it's, it it changes though, but that's the thing, man. Is that I used to, I was young too. You know uh, what I mean? Like I, I, I was think... out there too. I was doing it too. You know, I was I was trying to communicate with these girls too. But guess what? What happens when you get one of them pregnant, and then you got to explain that to their parents? You know what I mean? I mean what or what happens when when you got a girl that we're we're still it, getting it, knocked it, up back in the day, but oh, hundred percent. But there was something now, you said. That, that like you said people's skills and then when the first time i heard it i heard people's skills with the apostrophe added and i'm like yo the internet has made everybody an expert which has actually made it hard for people to recognize people's skills and i was like you wouldn't even say that but it's what i heard on some rap shit and i'm like damn he said a double by accident right there because like double, double entendre yeah because like think about that like you go on facebook like i could tell instantly when you started talking that marketing game it got me excited like i'm a marketing dude myself so i'm like okay we go in there and you know what's up but like a lot of people will literally like the extent of marketing to them is promo it just stops and ends with promo they have no idea what mark i'm sorry and i will again you guys brought me on the interview, but no, uh, 80, 89, 89% of the people that you see on the internet have no idea what they're doing. Right, I spit that 89%. Shit all the time. <laughs> yeah. 89%. And the reason being is because they have this fake it till you make it attitude. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? Let me tell you something. My friend is that when you're trying to fake it till you make it in the music industry, they will see through your bullshit so fast and kick you out that door so fast, man. It's like you have to bring skills to the table. When you sit at those tables and you discuss contracts, this is what everybody wants. All these rappers are like, oh, I want to get a contract. I want to get a record deal. Or uh, the bands, right? The bands wants to get a record deal and all this stuff. And they don't understand what that even means. You know what I mean? Like they don't, they don't understand what exactly is attached to that record deal. If they give you a bunch of money, let's say, and that is an advance, by the way, a loan, by the way, that's a loan that you get. They loan you a bunch of money, make you feel good because you had that one song that took off. Next thing you know, you have to do a whole bunch more songs because it was in the contract and you didn't realize. And all of those songs are attached to that same one lump sum of money that they gave you. Now you're doing a whole EP. And if that EP goes platinum or takes off, then a lot of that money is going back to the record label. You know what I mean? And they don't realize that, in fact, you are getting, excuse my French, 
fucked. You can swear. It's what's happening to you. So um, that's that's the thing is that is this is what and so now everybody well, even, wants to be a record label. Um, now, I was going. This is getting good, man. This is everyone getting wants so to be. Good. You said everybody wants to be a record label. Yeah. So now, especially all, in all Canada. These, in Canada, it's huge. Everybody you know wants why? to be. Everybody is. It's because everyone figured out that the record labels or... get all the grant money. So now everyone's trying to chase that grant money. Yo, in Canada, we have a grant money fucking problem. Not to say it's a problem. It's a beautiful thing. Is grant money, but I've wildly seen people really? chase five thousand dollar grants and not in in this period of time, where if they had just not done music for three months, they could have made five thousand dollars type thing. Answer me. Answer me this. Why is it that Drake gets accepted for a grant for music every single year? Probably. Why is that? When he's one of the wealthiest. I will give you an answer to that shit. Do I know why? Because the system has to be fucking fair. That's the answer to your question. Yeah, well, okay, and you're—that's a very conservative remark. <laughs> this is a very conservative I'm, response. Because I'm not in charge of the system. It's not my desires. I'm answering based on how I perceive it. Right. And, and the, the way the grant system works is that it is, it's a, fa- a fair play clause and it's not based on how much money or how reputable you are or any of that imagine stuff. like the optics is what I'm hearing that question. My thoughts are, cause everything goes to what are the optics? I'm in that place in life when you hear that word a lot and the optics of having OVO come out and say that they got blocked on a grant for Canadian, for some hobo artist that nobody cares about. Cause it's never going to be for Drake. It's going to be for some, or maybe a specific project so let, and, and shit like that. Me, and that's let me, the let optics me, of that are real bad. <clears throat> okay, so let, let me put a scenario in your mind. Let me put a scenario in your mind for a second. So he says he's going to do a show in Toronto. He's going to do a show with OVO Sound. And he's going to feature artist A and artist B in the show. He's going to give spots to four other openers in that same show. Then he's going to hire an entire security team of people that are going to need to be there to check every single person at the door for that show. Then he's going to need to hire sound engineers to make sure that all the music is on point for that show. So what he's doing is he's taking this grant and saying, yes, you're giving me $125,000 so that I can facilitate this show, rent the venue, have the spot and all that stuff. But what I'm doing is I'm employing a bunch of these people Mm. in that venue and I'm actually providing jobs for people in that venue. And I'm actually providing a lot of media coverage in that venue in your city. So that's basically what he's saying is that he is he's there's a return on investment. And this is why the government loves to give grants to people like that, because it's like a business opportunity for them. And the, in the same, yes, they're giving you the money, but then this is more tax dollars. Yeah, being what you're paid saying in. sounds hella plausible. That sounds like the yeah. government. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because so, they want to put that government of canada bullshit all over the flyer because that's what happens next uh, or factor or whatever which one you end up with and then well it's i know a guy i know a guy that write that writes uh that writes factor grants and that's what that was kind of his main gig um mm. and and he was telling me a few things we were we had a project that we were working on together called mentor your music now uh, i'm not going to get into the details right because it's not it's outdated and it's not going to be launched so i'm not going to get into the details but what i will say is that he talked about how the process works with writing grants, with getting accepted for grants. And you would be surprised how fairly simple it is to just try and build your case in order for the government to grant you that money. The thing that they want to see is exactly down to the right specific, what are you going to do with every penny that Mm. we give you? With absolutely every penny that you're asking for, where is it going? So the first step is 
uh, uh, you know, getting everything together, getting everything together and making sure that all the points are hit for everything that you're going to get for the factor grant. Now, I haven't I, see. I know somebody who does this, but I don't personally do this. So I can only go into so much information. This yeah, is just no. information that this told me. You're putting people on game. You also prefaced it with don't take this as hard facts in case anybody didn't miss that point. The other part is right. like you're supposed to like what we're doing is we're giving people these little knowledge nuggets that they can go take and have better idea of what to Google. One of the other things that happen is I think a lot of those people you see doing cheap things and thinking about labels, it's, it's what I call the page one Google phenomenon. I do SEO freelance, as in I write pages that rank. I don't do it as much now, so I maybe I'm out of touch, but I know how to look at the top three articles on Google and have no knowledge on the subject and be in the top three articles on Google. And that's been going on for about a decade. So actually your good answers and information stopped being Googleable in the easy way, and what ends up being Googleable, Googleable is trendy, super one hundred one level content. So when you see the best Twitch hacks to get followers, like that kind of content, ends up being supreme for everybody trying to figure stuff out. Whereas it's honestly like you need a understanding of macro and micro economics to properly like balance a marketing background. Like you need to have at least a base level. You know, like it's it's a shiny object. It's a, what you're the, you'd call it Googleable, but I call it shiny object syndrome. Shiny object syndrome has happened for the last decade, where people have consistently bombarded you with a bunch of fake promises that okay. lead you to believe that. that you need to change yourself or that you need to do something. Here's the here's the I can I can boil it all down to something that makes sense. Hard work works. Hard work mm. works. And these yeah, people facts. are trying to convince you. They're trying to convince you that there is some cheat code or there's some easy way to promote yourself or promote your music or, or whatever the case may be. You know, they come in and some of these guys will come in and be like, nah, homie, I've done shows for years, dog. You know, I got this big label. I got this big brand, bro. You know, and they come in all heavy like that. But it's like at the end of the day, it's really how educated you are that gets you ahead it's really how much research you actually do that gets you ahead those guys that have all these people around them and, and these are phenomenons that you see on the internet and on the mainstream those guys are like the four percent of people that are actually doing it and making good money doing it. Mm. how do i get myself to that four percent how do i get there well you can imagine the work ethic it's going to take you to get there. The dedication, the time, the amount of shows that you're going to run and, and no one's there. You got no viewers. You got no one, no more comments, no shares, no likes. You got to make it through those days to get to the days that are good. It's consistency. That's it. It's literally consistency and making it a good look. It's got to be a good look and it's got to be consistent. These people ask me all the time. They're like, oh, uh, uh, can you? can you do this for me or can you make a show for me or can you, can you help me with this or, or something like that? And it's like, you, you, I'm not going to go to the extent of being like, I appreciate it. When people reach out to me for information, I appreciate that. I kind of take it as a little bit of flattery, but like I'm saying that there are a lot of things that you can just Google. There are a lot of things that you could just search and find the information that you're looking for, but you will never be able to match that with somebody who has the experience mm. that you're looking for. You're never going to be able to match these little shiny you know, objects. You know what it is, too? It's because, like, 
So I had this experience recently. I work with a social media tool in my day job that I'll just go unnamed, but they're one of the big boys. And they do webinars. And I met with the account manager lady. And I asked them dead on. And I'm like, why do all your webinars talk about easy stuff? I'm like, why can't y'all tell me about what it is when your stuff's not interesting? And it's actually not fitting the model of everyone loves your product and use these popular hashtags. Like, what do you do when it's not that? And that's what I realized. This is this entire industry based on success and literally nobody talks about failure publicly or candidly. And like I've basically failed since, I don't know, 2012 because I'm not there yet. So it hasn't, I mean, there's success, but it's like, you know, in my head, it's that much failure to get me to this point where I'm sustainable. And that's right. not ever I was gonna say. I was going to say, uh, uh, sorry, I didn't no, mean to no worries, man. But what, one, one thing I was, I was going to say is another, if you want knowledge nuggets, the blind can't teach the blind. Mm. So these people that are going around and saying that they can get you success that they haven't achieved. Those are the people that should be shunned. Those are the people you should be ignoring. If you want to follow I remember I was watching this video with the 50 cent. Now I know there's a lot of people that are not fans of 50 cent. And to be honest with you, I'm not even a huge fan of 50 cent, but I, I heard something they did and I've listened to his music in the past and I heard something they said. So he was saying, you know, why is it that, the people around you, you're sitting there saying you want to get to riches. You're sitting there saying that you want to get to glory, but the people around you are not able to teach you how to get there. Why is it you're surrounding yourself with people that are not actively trying to do the same things that you're doing or not actively trying to be what you're trying to be? And that's the thing is that your peers need to be on the same wavelength as, as you. Now, your teachers need to be people who are successful in that area, Ooh. who already have a proven track record of those things, right? They say the best is to get a mentor. But in this day and age, we realize that with the internet and with how separated we are from people, the chances of you having, the chances of me getting Method Man in my studio is like lottery winning chances, unless I got money. Nah, you know what I mean? So it's not going to happen unless you got the dough. You can find mentors though. Maybe not like but, ideal mentors and like, like Method Man is kind of a dream mentor, so, but you can no, find I mentors. Get, and that was, a, that, was a le that was a left field example, like Method the way out of everyone. I picked that guy. But anyways, it was because I saw a video of his today. I saw some bars he did. But the point being is that these, so what happened is we came into the new shift of education. Mm. Now, in the past two years, it has been all about online education. We got companies like Udemy. We got companies like Masterclass. We got companies that are that are constantly marketing to you to get educated, to get yourself into the place that you need to be. There is one thing that I saw on YouTube that nobody said because this guy only has like 5,000 views on his videos. So chances are you haven't even seen it. And this guy, I think his name was Greg. And he was like, if you want to be in business, you just be in business. Ooh. That's like, facts. if you want to be in business, you just be in business. Why are you sitting there talking about what you're going to do? Why are you doing, you know, people who are achievers, you know what they do? They talk about what they already did. They don't talk about what they're going to do. Why? Because they want to show through their actions. They don't, because the actions speak way louder than words, man. I can sit here for a half an hour and tell you about marketing and music. But if I haven't gone there, if I haven't done that, if I haven't edited that video, it's not going to mean nothing. Nah, B, this is this is fire stills, man, because we don't get a lot of people coming in hot with the marketing. We get a lot of different skills, but 
I mean, I because just, that's the biggest, the biggest problem I see. Honestly, and I don't mean to, I don't need to hammer on that. No, dude, I am the, I am the choir you are preaching to right now. Problem. Like this is like low key. My show is meant to teach people about better marketing, and I try to sneak it in. So usually we get here after the life story, and you're just like, eh, let's go. And I'm like, you know that's what? what my, high value shit is, is marketing but, and branding. Bro, that's, that's what my life's that's about. All now. I fuck with, dude. I, I I just yo, I read all the time. I'm constantly, and then I realize, yo, I'm a brand. It's I, I'm a brand. That's what I do. What does your brand represent? What? Are, and I happen to be blessed and work in a software company and got some real day job experience to complement everything I do. And so I started to see the difference between, you know, let's call it hourly marketing and salary marketing. Like when you make salary, it's a different game than when you make hourly. And most people in music are on hourly and it's not a disrespecting. It's just like uh, go run the numbers. I'd put it at like 95% of active musicians might in Canada, at least might be on some hourly shit. So the knowledge set for even how to conceive project management or to understand how to scope out a brand that actually fits a vision statement and a mission statement and all the things that you're supposed to like spend half a year conceiving with like fucking planning, like people never learn those skills. It's just like, yo, go be the best like no one ever was. <laughs> well, uh, but again, so like I said, there's again, it's the two sides. There's two sides to this coin. Yes, your marketing needs to be good. But there's, I remember watching a guy's channel. He was, uh, he was big on Instagram. I think it was Instagram or TikTok. And this guy was a beat maker. He has one of the beat pads. Uh, I got one of the controllers here in my mm. studio, but it's like with the little beat pads, you got a little piano on it. And uh, so anyways, that's all he was using was these. And he, he had one video. The guy never talks. All he does is he does his drumming and his beats and he never says anything. And then there was one video that I caught. And he removed it. So you can't even, J Black Beats, he doesn't even have the video up anymore. I caught it where he was talking. He was talking so immediately it caught my attention. I was like, okay, clicked into this video and he said, yo, he's like, I just gotta, first off, he's like, I wanna thank everybody that's been supporting me all the way up to this point. And then he said, and I just quickly wanna answer some questions of people that asked me how I got to this level. How did I get this many followers? How did I get this many likes, shares, everything? And he said, bro, it's consistency. You could be drumming your fingers on a wall as long as you're consistently posting your finger drumming videos for the course of a certain amount of time and actively trying to engage people that like your finger drumming videos, you can be exactly where I'm sitting at. You're welcome. And that was the end of the video. That's it. Literally. So he all he said was it's literally consistency and people are so scrambled on the internet too. They want to be a this, that, this, that, this, that, this, that, this, that, that's they're scrambled on the internet. Right. Same here. I get it. There's swag in the music industry. I get it. Like you got, you know, a lot of these guys are like trying to be cool too. Like, it's not just about the, you know, the intelligence and all that stuff. It's not just about that. They got to have kind of a swag to them too. Like there's another portion of it too. You have to be able to entertain people too. It's not just about the analytical side of things, right? Thanks. So I get that. I get that. So, but on the same wavelengths, you can just consistently release this good, good content. And then that's another thing is learning after Gary V. If anybody's a marketing guy, people who are trying to be the next whatever, you know, they'll know. Gary V, multi-billion dollar company. And he's uh, uh, basically he said, he's just, he's, I don't understand. He said, people will get to where they need to be if they just keep a laser focus on where they want to be 
too many people are just getting in too many different directions. I remember for my example, I'll use my own life as an example because this is our interview. So my own life, I tried to be, uh, you know, uh, I tried to be a rapper first. That was the first thing I was attracted to. So I started writing my bars and the big inspirations like uh, Eminem, beat making, Dr. Dre, uh, Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube. Uh, did you make your own beats? Yeah, I make it. So I, that's another thing. So I make beats. I produce videos. I produce like I, I have graphic design experience with both Photoshop and promotional graphics, which are easier to do. Promotional graphics are easier to do than Photoshop. Photoshop is like the that's the real substance right there. And then uh, all the Facebook experience that I've got, all the social media, Instagram, TikTok, when it first started. I was in there uh, studying the platform, trying to figure out how it works. A lot of these guys, I had 50,000 views on a video once, and all it was was a plan for to do a five-video release, and it was each week, every Friday at 7 p.m., I would release a rap video, and then on the fifth week, I had 50,000 views. I, my, my, I remember my friend calling me, and he's like, dude, we're going viral. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, you got 5,000 views on the video. I'm like, dude whatever man like shut up like you know hung up the phone and but then the next day it went from five thousand all the way up to twenty five thousand i was like okay now we're talking like something's going on man this is gaining a little traction and uh, for there was a few things that happened after the fact where i i because i was so scrambled that's that's the lesson i'm trying to put in this i'm trying to there's a lesson there if you're too scrambled what'll happen is you'll eventually get to opportunity and then when that opportunity comes, you have too many things going on all at once. And what's going to happen is you're going to miss that opportunity. You're going to mm, miss that train. Spit that. So, yeah, because that's the thing is that the biggest problem. One of the biggest problems I had was having too many things that I was going on and, and not knowing where to turn. I'm making beats. Now I'm making tracks because I'm like, if you're a beat maker and you're a rapper, then you got to have some albums and stuff out there. Right. So that was literally where I went to, you know, so you have to get that. Right. So I have that now I have singles out. I have an album in the works called this path chose me by Jones, all original. And there is some crazy tracks in this album. When it comes out, it's going to be fire. I don't usually promote myself, but I'll put You're a little supposed in there. to promote yourself but here a little bit. Yeah, but I'm a very, and that's another thing is being very humble. You know, so I, I was actually going to say out. that is one of the slickest plugs, right? Because you sit it up there, you spit like what, 30 minutes straight of free game. And then oh, fine, I am doing music. Like I have to do this. But, like, that's amazing. I love right. it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, a, you know, being selfless is a, is a big thing for other people. I want to say too, because they don't see that very often. Mm. They see a lot of people that are always like spamming links in their, in their drives. And they see a lot of people that are trying to force them to listen to their music. But what they don't see is a dude who's legitimately, genuinely just saying, Hey bro, I checked a couple of those tracks you got on your account. I just want to say like, it's, it's pretty good, man. Like I actually liked what you said in the second verse and, and this, and that's a big thing too. Like <laughs> prove to them that you actually listen to it. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, prove it. Like, give show it, give them. A man. One, they two. give a shit. And even if you don't really <laughs> listen, here's a trick so you can fake it. Quote a bar. Done. Quote a bar. Yeah. That's the cheap way. Well, That's the cheap if, way. If you, if, if you were to, if you were to, but eventually down the road, yeah. they're probably no, you should. You should probably, it. like, listen to the music, but, like, because that's my biggest beef with it. It's like when you do it lazy, do it lazy with some style. Don't just be that lazy. 
is like, you know, yo, it's dope. Yeah, well, yeah, that is true. If you're going to try it, because I understand there's a lot of people out there that just, they'll have masses of messages that they send out and masses of people that they will try and reach all at one time. So if you're trying to keep your time in order too, and you don't want to spend too much time on it, then yes, what he's saying is correct. You just get a quotable bar and you, or something to just prove to them uh, that you actually did it. Yeah, something that'll prove. Oh, I noticed that. Remember that album you dropped three years ago? That was a cool picture, man. I like that little tree. It was kind of weird, but like, you know, it, it spoke to me. You know what I mean? Like anything. Yo, bring anything, the three years back shit on him. You got their soul. Yeah, yeah. So he'll be like, okay, so this guy had to scroll a little bit to at least get to that. So, like, man, I've gotten so many favors done for me for nothing because of the fact that I actually paid attention. Facts. Because I actually paid attention. I've gotten people that would never have talked to talk to me, but I got messages in there right now from artists that probably none of you know, but they are certified. The, well, the one guy's Demerick. He's from the States. He worked with Mad Child. Bro, and, I uh, literally uh, just uh, reviewed the new they, Cypress Hill album and Demerick's on that shit. So Demerick's on the new yeah. fucking Cypress Hill album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just spoke to him. Like last Ooh. week, I had a conversation with him about... Oh, that's excuse a, me. Sorry, that was my phone. Like, but oh, yeah, so Demerick I had a conversation right with him. Yeah, that's him on the line right now. That's him calling right now. But uh, um, so, yeah, no, he said so he, he responded to my message. And all I said to him was like, hey, man, you know, I've been a follower for a minute. I really like, you know, that mixtape that you dropped with Be Real. I was I was into that. And, you know, I've been following you and, and just just acknowledging his work, just acknowledging his work. Hey, I mean, I'm not a big, big Demerick fan. I mean, hopefully you don't catch a live, but <laughs> yeah, I'm not like, uh, I'm not a huge, huge fan, but the guy has lyrics. He's, like, he's really he's, good. He's very talented. Facts. You don't very have to be the guy. biggest fan to give all the love. I think guys like Demrick would also appreciate what that is and not take it bad, you know, hopefully. No, man, it's no disrespect. I'm just saying that I'm not like, he's one of those guys that, that, you know, some of the artists that he works with and stuff, it, it's, but then his freestyles though, like they catch my attention. Like some of the stuff he does on the radio it it catches my attention because the bars are crazy. Like he has those right. one heavy hitters. That Just the it's, it's nuts, the fact man. that you're like bringing all this shit up is to me like a proof to the pudding, like a case of how to do it. You know, like yeah. And if, you know, if you follow, like some people will be like, ah, you know, whatever, man. What does he know? Whatever. They try it, bro. Go out there and try it. Try it. Message five people that you want to follow your stuff. And acknowledge that you actually did something on their account or you know something about their music and see how many of them respond to you. I bet you at least minimum three out of five get back to you. If you pick something personal out of their music or, or whatever, if you want to connect, oh, this collaborate. This is literally and- how you used to go on Plenty of Fish and shit. You'd go look on the profile, find that little detail, put that. In, like That was the game back in the day. <laughs> mm. It's good yeah, to know yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plenty of, well... I mean, yeah, you, either way, it's it's more or less just just taking the extra. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you want to use that reference? Sure. It's just yeah, that, uh, that, was, that was straight up how I used to do my day because you're describing it. I mean, I met my girlfriend on Plenty of Fish in 2014. Like I said, back then it was a different world on these sites. But really, that was the move, right? Like you had, what, six pictures, a paragraph and maybe eight other details. You had to read the shit. And then come up with a little reference. (laughs) You're like the you're like the needle size amount of people that have actually worked out off of that website. So you should be proud of yourself. 
You should be. <laughs> yeah, she's there in you the know? comments now. <laughs> we still at oh, it. Oh, she is. Wild, and I'm not no no disrespect intended. There were, no, there's, there's no, no disrespect, disrespect, bro. Last year is wildly yes. the wild west, and most people did not do what I did. But that was the move. If you wanted to make cake, he's like, there were like, I was, you know, maybe not the most physically good, you know, on the internet back in the day, it was a little different. It wasn't so body positive. And so like, you have to figure out how to work around the details. So I took a straight marketing approach, AB tested to success and figured it was not necessarily always good. But after a while, you realize that the stuff that works the best is when you have this like sincere, I actually am interested in you vibe. So, and, and I actually, you know what, now that you went there, I will drop a gem in that area too. There is, so let's say I got this girl, right? This is exactly how it happened for me, right? But I'm using it as a hypothetical scenario for confidentiality reasons. <laughs> so exactly how it happened to me is if you have these nice girls that you see, right? Or you have this girl that you're interested in, in my case, and all you see on their account is a ton of thirsty men that are just gawking over her and they're all it's like superficial all over the place now hold on hold it and there's a disclaimer there too this girl wasn't responding to it this mm. just happened to be the way it was based on the history of the amount of people that are on her connections list so it doesn't mean that this person was no, listen, superficial we all know it, what it be like when a girl posts a pic and you just see comment after comment. And then there are guys you know and are peers with sometimes. And you're just like, bro, Ski, do I have to have a little chat with you? And then you never do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah. maybe we should. No, you like, know what? I, I, the free, giving them freedom is, is a big deal. That's a big deal. You give them the free, you watch their moves. It doesn't mean you're not watching. Mm, but you yeah. give them freedom. Give them the freedom because you want to see who they are. You want to know who they are. You don't want to get in a relationship with that person and then find out down the road that she wasn't. Well, even I meant interested. more the guys because sometimes I was talking wildly. Some of these dudes I see be like, "Bro, this is never gonna work." Like, I just want to have that yeah, chat yeah, with yeah. some guys sometimes. Anyway, but no, I, I yeah, agree yeah, with yeah. You. well, and you know what? Either always way, give them that, freedom because the, yeah. the, the point is the point. I guess to, to kind of crunch it all into one little ball is that if you when I'm communicating with this person, it's that I use the same method. I use the same method as if I'm trying to connect with somebody over music or that if you want to talk marketing, it's the same thing. Show that you take the initiative, bro. Show that you actually investigated to find out what they like, what they actually care about. You know what I mean? Because I guarantee that a lot of these, yo, what's up? And hey, you know, all this crap that they're throwing into their inbox. And then you got to ask yourself, if that girl's responding to that stuff, what kind of girl is that? You know what I mean? What kind of woman is that? If she's responding to all of this, well, this thirsty. I'm okay with like <laughs> going with saying? the yo, what's up? But like, it's got to go a little bit past the yo, what's up and turn into a, a whatever. But I mean, I don't know. For how people want to manage the inboxes, that's on them. But to your yeah, point. Is, yeah, it is. To that your is. point. I was, yeah, I was trailing off a bit there. But to your point, <laughs> though, everyone has values. And sometimes it is like if you guys not wildly compatible, it's worth understanding that with a little more depth and the superficiality of mm, you got boobs. Let's have yeah, a conversation. Yeah, well, the, yeah, and that would be the whole that would be the other aspect of it. Marketing is a big deal is the end of it. Marketing is a big deal when it when it comes to your relationships, when it comes. To, I learned this all in college when I went into college and I started studying it. I was like, man, this applies to literally everything. 
literally everything. You market yourself every single day on that profile, to your family, to your friends, to your coworkers, to your colleagues. All day is marketing. You just don't know it because being able to market yourself correctly gets you the opportunities. If you're not marketing yourself correctly, that's why you're experiencing difficulty. That's exactly why. Because marketing yourself correctly, mm. and it doesn't have to be difficult either. People think it's big and complicated and I got to have all these accounts and everything. Blah, 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 blah. No, it's just that's insane. What you're doing is driving yourself insane because you see people who are established on multiple different platforms and you think immediately that you have to just establish all of those right away. It's not going to happen. You got to take your time with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to take your time with it. You got to grow one account through a little swag on it. You got to throw one, grow one account. And, and, you know, Facebook, let's say you want to connect with the people on Facebook. Okay, cool. So you're going to focus on that a season, take a season in that and focus just on that and get your people on Facebook. Then once you have those people on Facebook, then take another season in this other app. So now you got TikTok videos. Now you, you want to get big on TikTok, but you want to be consistent. Then you take another, and then once you have a little bit with these four platforms, then you start using things called a scheduler. It's like a tool. That, Bro, I have a scheduler content. right over there. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you're getting your content, and that's when. But that's when you're thinking like a brand. So if you're okay, so let's boil it down to one of these kids that just wants it. And that's what I was in the beginning. I was just a kid that wanted to do his favorite thing. I was passionate about music that I wanted to get in touch with other people that were doing it. I didn't think about being a business or being a brand or being anything until I went to college, right? Because I didn't know how to market music. That's why I went to school was to learn how to market and sell music. So uh, these people who think that it's you know, a big deal that they want to grow a brand. The first thing that you can do is start today. If you're a brand, then you say, okay, I'm a brand. Now, what would a brand do in this situation? And then you're going to start thinking differently because mutually, like I said, there's a disconnect on Facebook. There's a disconnect on social media. So you have to think what's mutually beneficial because this guy right here probably has his own interests. He probably has his own things that he wants to do on his own time, right? So as long as you hone into what his needs are, then you can have like an agreement. Mm. You know what I mean? In my case, it would be, hey, I give you a beat, homie. You use the beat and then we create a song. And then if the song goes somewhere, well, then you got the credits. I get the credits for giving you the beat. And then we both kind of grow. You know what I mean? Or you can buy the beat from me and I still get the credits from it and you can have all the royalties from it. You supported my brand. You supported my business. Thank you. You know, that's that's the way it should go. But people have this whole friends thing going down. And then they have this, oh, yeah, you know, the politics involved. I run a battle league online, Woo. the Universal Battle Zone, right? Right here. That's the graphic you see in the background, too. This is one of the battlers right here. This is Dr. Jir right there. And he did really good in one of the battles, too, versus MoFlo's right there, right? So I run this online battle league and a lot of these guys are, are you know, they, they want their, they want things fast. They want that instant gratification, man. They want the, and then some of them are trying to be in the cool group and they're trying to do this and they're trying to do that. Oh, we don't even play with this guy because we don't like this guy. And it's like, there's a whole like high school politics thing going down inside this culture. I have, it's because people, I have to confess, I lurk on your shit a lot. I stopped participating in a lot of the... I, I dabbled in Facebook contest a bit. I did a couple little one, two, threw my verses in until I, A, I realized it's not my job. I B, the pot, that's actually it. It was like this realization that 
I have to answer comments and engage with this if I want to go down that path and be part of this thing. You can't win if you're not engaged. Like, it doesn't matter. Right. I, I know for a fact behind the scenes, guy who gets a lot more likes gets considered more seriously than guy who gets none because you have to consider that shit when you're picking a winner because they're going to consider that shit, whether or not it's right. official. And I'm not saying you but do if it. I was a- but if I, I was gonna I was gonna say if I talk to somebody who has another brand like that or somebody who has a group like that, one thing I could say to them is this, hey, check it out. Tell me one thing about nine people in your group personal that nobody else would know. Mm. And I guarantee you, nine out of ten of these group owners and admins wouldn't even be able to do that. They won't even be able to answer that. But I can do that. I remember uh Scoogsy, he was uh his, his real name's Curtis. And he's from BC. He's a, a native kid and he has a son out there and he's you know, one of these. He's like super motivated. And I know the kid works in construction, too, because he wears one of these reflector vests in his videos. And you can see him in the truck in some of these rap videos that he does, too. I've actually collaborated with him personally, chatted with him a bunch of times. There's another kid, Loki Hunter, which is a local guy, calls himself Loki because he's in the mysterious God thing. And uh, that's why he calls him. It's his rapper name. But I've known Mike for years. I've known him all the way back when I was like 16 years old. I knew him then. And he's still online engaging now. And he's also a member of the group. What the guy who's helping me run it, Dave, I've known him for 16 years, too. It's it's crazy. Like the history I have with these people, the relationships that I've built with these people is absolutely huge. Mm. I can tell you more than just one thing about these nine no, guys. I, I, I can tell I, you I about it. their lives. I get and, the point. <laughs> no, but I actually think that's one of the big man tips that you've given out. I don't remember which for the famous people, but I like to look at what billionaire habits are. And a lot of them, it's the memory. It's the one of them would take notes after every single call and then would pull out a notebook and quote you back at yourself. And that's they're a billionaire. And so I started realizing that that's a huge part of it. Um, is the interest in other people that was my biggest failing like honestly why i didn't have a career until like the last few years it started to go in the right direction was because of the egocentrism in my behaviors and how little i wouldn't have given a shit what you did hell it would have like i just okay cool you're not me you don't give a fuck about my music let's move on and like that was my attitude for the longest time and it was only when i started being like hmm people are interesting you know trying to like learn the nuances of people's lives and look beyond just the like little superficialities that you know you get that like you get to know your fans in a sense like that's the especially in the modern influencer world if you don't know your fans and the people then how can you even know who your market is that you're going to market to you know like facts it's a, they won't and they the thing is because it's so it's too we're living in a, a world of too brand focused and less people focused, but the winning businesses in this world are way more people focused than brand focused. Unless it's a multi-billion dollar conglomerate, then they can just use ad money to manipulate the amount of people that they need to follow their brands, their campaigns, and their messages. But if you're talking about a little guy like me, or like, I'm not saying you're a little guy, but on the scale, on the grand scheme of things, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. On the grand scheme of things, we're little guys. And I'm, for me, my market research would be like uh, URL rap league. 
or King of the Dot, Rap League. Those would be the people that I would be looking at. Why? Because they are the leaders in this industry. They're the leaders, the people who have made the big moves. Those are the people you want to pay attention to because they're the ones that are making it happen. Mm. You know what I mean? So now I'm at a place now where I'm trying to open mind, be open-minded with people because I know that there's a lot of people out there that have this hidden talent that you're never going to see unless you develop a relationship with them. Unless you find out, you're never going to find out. You know what I mean? And that's where that's where the disconnect is because these big groups, these big leagues, these big whatever aren't developing these relationships with the people. So then they never discover that hidden talent. And they're always just circling around the same guys all the time. And it's always the same people. And guess what happens when you see the same commercial 20 times in a day? You turn the TV off. Yo, that That's is what absolutely a reason also I didn't want to fuck with other contests. Like, your guys' one, I think I did one time on a whim. But, like, there's the other contest. And then when you realize in the other contest that by the fourth version of their contest, it's, like, the same ten guys that seem to be favored every single time. You get this sense of, am I really going to go put 15 hours into some shit? You know, like, I might, I don't know if I am. And I'll love to it because I might still do it for the love of it. But, like, I'm not going to try to win. I'm going to just do it for the love of it. Like, and that's the difference. You don't have that same, like, attachment to things. It's, there are competitive fits. Let's face it. Like, we're talking about the rap. And we're talking about hip-hop and rap. And there's a, it's very competitive. There's a lot of com- uh, competitors in this in this industry. So I'm not, I'm not disrespecting the competition. I'm not disrespecting the grind. But what I'm saying is that if you take that extra time to get to know people, that is how you succeed in your brand. That's how you're going to succeed in the industry. I remember watching today, just today, or watching uh, this little documentary piece on Kanye West. Mm. How did Kanye West become famous? You know, he became famous because he was so talented at moving people he was so talented with his words with the way he functioned with his character he was very talented and very powerful when he spoke and that affected a lot of people and helped grow his brand to what it is today three billion dollars he generated off of the yeezy shoe line he generated three billion dollars but three years ago his company almost went under he almost went under he was massively in debt But the reason that it did that is because he made investments that he knew were going to go under in the red for his company and then eventually grow. It was a very risky investment that he made, but it eventually worked out, right? $3 billion. So that's kind of the way you have to take risks. You have to be a people person. You you have to be comfortable in front of the camera. I think people people misunderstand people person too, right? Like you can be an antisocial introvert, super awkward people person in the context of what you actually have to do. Like you don't have to be an oozing ball of charisma. That's not actually a requirement. No, you don't. In fact, some of those people have like disadvantages because the young people be calling them fake and shit. But people person is, right. is, I think what like people don't get is it's just interest in other people. You just have to like, and then remember that shit. Like there's no point asking questions and then not writing that down in your brain somewhere. Right, right. Well, and it's it's not for everybody. There's a lot of people that are very, so, okay. So if, if you're a person that's not, uh, uh, if you're not exactly a people person and you're not, because I have a friend like that. He's not a, he's not a people person. He doesn't do the networking thing or any of that. So how do I continue growing my brand like what you're mm-hmm. saying, but
but not have to like do this whole intricate communication thing. Well, that's fantastic. I'm so glad you asked. This is how. You know what? You're going to have to get people who do. You're going to have to get people who do. And you're going to have to get brand ambassadors is what they call them, the big companies. That's what Spotify and SoundCloud and all those companies call them, brand ambassadors. But you have to get people who are really good with other people. And those are the people that you can then get to attract what you want into your brand without actually having to be that involved. The thing is, though, is that people will will get more attracted to somebody that is the face of it. That somebody that can be the face of what they're doing is very attractive because a lot of these other people, they do not stand in the, they don't stand in the camera. They don't take all the flack. They don't answer the emails. They don't do all the stuff. That is the thing you have to be. It's almost like courage, man. You got to have the courage of a lion and go out there and you, you just believe whatever you believe and don't listen to what they say because they're not going to say anything that's going to help you. They're just going to try and bring you down. Why? Because they're jealous of you because they can't do what you're doing. Facts. No, that's all facts. You know? I mean, people think it's that's what a hater is. I, that's why people yeah. say like haters be a good sign because you don't have haters when you're doing easy things in life. Because if you're doing easy things in life, anybody can go do it. But when you're able to do things like, like sometimes I'll be I'll be real. Those people who manage to find a way to leave the city and go hiking every weekend and shit. Sometimes I'm low key a hater. Sometimes because it's like <laughs> some shit I can't pull off in my life. And then, like, just the right. way my life is, I stream all the time. So it's like, okay. So when people can go hiking and be outside a lot, sometimes that shit make me a little bit of a hater, and it's silly. But it's usually that. Like, you have to understand where hater energy comes from, and it's always going to be some jealousy. Somebody that feels like you're doing something to either cheat or – and I'm not, actually, I'm a bit, like, sometimes I'm blatant about my shit. I'm like, I can do all this extra shit. Yeah, I stacked my life seven years ago. You got to catch up now, son. And that – Create some hater energy sometimes when you have that attitude, but it's some haterade. But it's like <laughs> at the other hand, it's like it's it's a hard fact. Like if you're really out there doing the complex level of marketing and creating products, like this guy literally has this Facebook group shit he does. They do contests because he's not really hyping it up. You guys maybe not know it. They do like content. I think you guys have done real life events at this point. I might be wrong about that, but contest. Yeah, we had one. We had one physical. But we're talking like a fucking Facebook group. I and a and a YouTube channel and they've got like a, a cult level of dedication. I'm saying motherfuckers are willing to catch Facebook bans over some honor and integrity within the little ecosystem they've curated and built. And a lot of people have come through and tried to be Facebook group people of varying degrees in success. However, arguably they've just done the more bluegrass. We're just going to keep doing our thing. These are the rules. You can come or you don't come and arguably hella consistent compared to other things out there. And after all this time, they're still doing their shit. They come up with events, new formats. This time it's written. This time it's on a beat. This time it's a tournament. This time it's a this. And all that to say, like, he actually got some real credentials to make a couple of hater, like people might be hater flexes because when you go try to make a Facebook group, I dibbled and dabbled. I was actually just trying to give away money in a creative way. But like I dibbled and dabbled and played with a Facebook group for a minute. And I was like, right away, this is too hard. <laughs> I'm never going to be a Facebook group guy. 
Right. And they actually have tools for guys like you that are called the admin assist tools that they've implemented in groups where it can, you can just automate all of You know what it is, though? Video. It's a good group. It's going to have me having the energy to get a couple of times I got the 150 comment fight and I had to ignore it because I'm too like I'm live on an interview. How am I supposed to go do that shit? You know, like and I'm like, nah, I can't do the Facebook group thing. It was fine. But like. I could be a hater that your group is successful or I could just, you know, have love for it. And those are the actions we sometimes in our soul, I find struggle to do. But all I have to say, like, you actually are doing something that if you've ever tried to curate a Facebook group and throw contests, it, you could lose like a lot of money and get nowhere near where you've gotten with your brand. And like, it's really right. impressive what you've actually accomplished with it on top of the premix music stuff with the beats and all the other artist services and things because he's also running that hustle because apparently he's not going to hype himself up like that also proper and the music uh, <laughs> no i was just I, i'm actually sharing it with the, i hope some of the guys in the group see it because i this is actually a big thing there's uh it's with this group, what we wanted to do was, and this is the great time for me to explain that. I just shared it in the group, so it's a great time. So a great time for me to explain it. So the Universal Battle Zone, when I first started it, I realized that being a hip-hop artist, that I wasn't the only one, that there was other hip-hop artists out there. And the biggest thing that I saw going at that time was King of the Dot. King of the Dot, these backyard battles and all. And there was even battle, uh, little leagues and stuff. There was Garden City battles here locally, 905 Hip Hop. There was people who were doing it at that time. Now, when I when I looked at it, I was like, yeah, you know, that looks cool. But my favorite thing in the battle arena is this on a beat kind of performance type thing. You know what I mean? That's like a big thing. I was a big 8 Mile fan. I was a big fan of that type of kind of uh, vibe. You know, I like that, that. The energy there. You know, it's it's the best way to showcase that same energy that you would get in a live situation. It is the best way to showcase that without having to actually be there. You know, so the closest way that you can connect. Now, when we grew the Universal Battle Zone, there's a lot of other groups out there where they, they say, well, look at these guys. They've got like 10,000 people. Look at these guys. They've got like 20,000 people. And it's like, yeah, but you know what? I want to do this a little different. I want to get people who are 100% on board with what we're doing. I want people who are active, who mm. participate, who are, who are actually trying to connect with these other people, who are trying to you know, make these relationships happen so they can collaborate, so they can get an engineer to help them with their music, so they can do these things. And the Universal Battle Zone has given these guys opportunities to connect with other people that are just like them. And not only other people that are just like them, but people who are dedicated to this thing, man. And that's the reason that we're so slow at the growth, because I don't want anybody. I don't want just anybody in the group. I want people who are there to do what they know they can do and and get the best potential out of these people so that's why our slogan is you know discover your true potential or show us what you got for the universal battle zone that's our slogan show us what you got because we know these people are talented but i don't think some of them have gotten out of their shell yet mm. i think some of them are, are kind of still in their shell as far as showcasing their talent and literally sometimes that's the only thing that is stopping that person from doing the best piece of work that they ever wrote or doing the best performance that they ever did is because they're they're so in their shell still. So the whole point of having these tournaments and these contests is to get these guys start to think that the more dedicated I am, the more active I am, 
it's going to grow my craft and it's going to make people believe in me because they know that I believe in what I'm doing. So that is a big, big thing too, because cultivating those people skills, getting people connected, bringing the best of the Yo, best of the just best. Just to even like touch it. on to what you just said, a big hack for people skills is confidence and a good way to get confidence is to work on your craft. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. That's the thing though, is that people will, they will constantly say, oh, I did it too. I was one of the biggest culprits of like, oh yeah, you know, I got this album coming and I got this coming. Don't worry, man. It's a, it's in the works. I got it. But the thing is, is that behind the camera, behind the scenes, it's like, no, man, no, you don't. Like you're not working on that. You're not, I'm not talking about me personally, but a lot of cases that I've seen, it's like, no, you're not actually working on that. I had to, I remember hours in the middle of the night, you know, trying to get the wave files to, for engineers, you know what I'm talking about. Those that don't <laughs> pulling the stems. You're pulling the stems from your 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 uh, compositions, and I had to make sure it was ready for the engineer. That took like eight hours to do in total. Four hours one day, four hours the other day. So, and Hold then on. that's just the one pause. project. Because when I do my like exportings, right, it's like, plink, and that's been my whole experience exporting. You really had to like go to a. There was a time when it would take so, that long. No, well, here's the thing, though, is that at the time I wasn't really organized when it came to the recording. So, like, if I was recording, I would just do take after take after take after take after take and then pick the best of those takes and then try and arrange those takes in the in the project. So okay, a lot of it was arranged. Okay, okay, okay. So the you're saying like the, the whole recording, engineering, placing. Yeah. Pro okay, I get you. Yeah. I get you. But, and and then and then there's like pre -pro like processing that you're doing too. So you're trying to like get, get a rough uh, idea of what you want because that engineer that's another thing too so some of these engineers they don't know what you're looking for they don't know what your vision is so if you have a little rough draft of what you're trying to achieve then they can try and mimic your rough draft and they can get what the sound that you're looking for so a lot of that took that time too but again so on top of that then i'm also you know creating all the media and stuff for the promo that we're doing like we're doing a bunch of promo for the lyrical monsters tournament we're just coming into round two a lot of those guys in the ubz watching right now they know that we're going into round two for the lyrical monsters tournament which is a big deal because these are the consistent on wax tournaments that we want to run inside the universal battle zone we found our direction we had a bunch of things going on and we understand that you know, with the direction of our brand that we want to make sure that they have a chance to battle. And we want to make sure that we give the MCs the proper platform to do that. And the people that are with them every step of the way, because some of these other things that are going on, I'm not dropping any names, but there's some other things that I see in smaller groups or, or groups that aren't as organized and, and people just don't know what's going on. There's a lot of confusion and, and there's no real brand direction. So, and we were doing it too. Mm. We were kind of mimicking. Bro, some straight some, up. Some that's a huge part of why I stopped my Facebook group. I mean, I was using it as a vehicle for my contest for a minute. And then I realized I don't know what to fucking do with my Facebook group. So how am I even supposed right. to moderate it or use the admin tools? Because like you just said, that vision and purpose shit. Like, I know what I want to do on Twitch. And like, I know what I want to do in certain places. So I'm focusing with, you know, more laser precision than the past. So it's actually like all your advice, man big facts in my life everything you've said has been like stuff i had to learn the hard way but like yeah just to take a facebook group now professionally i have a facebook group i manage that i had to figure out all this shit for so i have a better sense of what this all means now but you really like your group needs to have a goal 
as powerful like as your brand and shit like it's got to have almost like a one sentence in a sense for it to be successful as you did right. you have a one sentence you gave it to us already show us what you right. got and that that show us what you got and when you got to that point your group would probably really like fucking float right and the, the, i think it's a big deal is a lot of these guys like i said before but now now that i shared it with the group i, I can say it again that a lot of these guys i know on a personal level so it's not just people that are spamming links or or people that are you know uh you, you know i take the time to try and find out who my people are and the reason being is because they're uh, you're such a stronger group of people when you guys all know each other when you guys all support each other and, and things like that it makes you a way stronger group of people so i want to create that vibe where it's like if dude messages me and he's like hey man i'm in a jam can you hook me a graphic for this project that i got i'm like yeah you know what no worries man i got you because i know that at that point i'm not now i'm gonna get a bunch of dms like oh yeah free graphics yeah yeah, yeah. No, no it's it's like you know, yeah, I get to get a bunch of DMs, but no, I'm saying that in this case, you know, it's somebody who was in a jam, they were hurting, they needed help. I was there for them. And they remember that when I launched these, these uh, contests with these tournaments and stuff, they remember that. And they say, okay, well, how can I be a part of that too? How can I help you out too? Because they remember, you know, what oh, I did. And that's what's that important. each one, teach one mentality and all that. Like, yo, I wouldn't be here having this conversation for, with you if it wasn't for, a large number we're talking at this point 50 to 75 people who have in some way done this exchange in some cases i give freely over here that's another thing sometimes you give freely to this guy only for that person over there to give it back to you it's not always going to be a direct correlation so it's really worth giving out them freebies is all i'm saying and then right. like you just kind of create that that culture of giving like what you said, like earlier, I think, I don't know if you used the word altruism, but that altruistic approach, it creates a culture around you that attracts it. And then that law of attraction shit, yo, I don't know if Gary Vee spits that, but like, didn't be all these people like that be spitting the law of attraction stuff because it's real. Like, if you want to, you have to manifest, you know, the, the crowd in a sense, your entourage based on living by example and stuff. And like, the hard work thing. That is the truth, man. A lot of people do try and dodge that, but it's a big, it's a big thing. I, I remember hearing you saying once, you can't have a million dollar dream with a minimum wage work ethic. Straight up, that's Straight a big up. thing. You cannot, and and these guys think that it's so easy. But you, why are they not all doing it then? If it's so easy, why are they not all doing it? They're just feeding you smoke, man. They're that's gas they're just that's the truth yeah, about so much shit. Like even like marketing, let's be real. Half of marketing is hella boring. Like you get to these put yo, shut up, Boney. We got our first Facebook. We got a couple people watching, but Boney disavage yeah, yeah, yeah. on Facebook yeah, just commented. Uh, what it, what he uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Boney, yo, what up, man? See, he was he dropped some heavy, man. He dropped a heavy submission in the last round. And a lot of people I know were really, really into it. They were, they were fucking with what he was doing, man. Like, it, and that's the thing is that these guys are coming in. Some of them are just like, he's new. He just came into our first, like the first tournament that we put online. Uh, shout out Boney Savage. And, uh, you know, and then always, he's up against OG Verbs too. So, mm. and he's another kind of seasoned uh, vet in our group too. He's kind of, you know, put in a lot of work. I've he's had to give OG Verbs money is all I'm saying. 
yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what? You know what though? I, like I'm really I'm I'm happy to see this finally the gears turning, you know, like it's it's been a long time coming, man. The, to, to have the gears turning and these tournaments launching to be able to give them opportunities, man, to collaborate with other people and 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 get friends in the same thing mm. that you're doing. It's it's hard, but you know what I mean? Because a lot of like I said, a lot of people are about themselves, man. They're not about Yeah, that means we gotta about... we gotta give you a quick shout out there because all, all things considered what you have cultivated and created a space for people to to get together and whatnot and while i can't say i've succeeded on facebook i do try to with my life do many of the things you're describing and i feel like it's just you deserve that shout out for giving that moksha yourself and i'm not looking for my own props here whatever i get that but it's more like you deserve that shout out because like i don't know how many people give it to you but like that shit's like really hard to give that moksha your soul plus you have kids because keep that in mind i don't have kids yeah. So, like, anything he's saying, he's more sleep-deprived. He's just way more stressed and way more on edge. He can't sit there and chain-smoke six joints type thing. Like, it's not the same when you have kids. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know what, though? A lot of these guys, that's the thing, man, is that a lot of these guys have kids, too. Like, a Ooh. lot of these guys are fathers, and, and they all put the, and they put their time and energy into these events and, and still even having those kind of responsibilities. And I can't I can't even take the credit without giving credit where it's due to the team. I got Evan Browning on the team. We got Izzy from Bar Breakdown. He came in to help out. And I got my man Red out, man. I can't even say enough about him. He sponsored it right from the jump, man. When we had, like, 20 people, he was in there helping us out. And there's a lot of people that came and went, man. So it's like they can sit there and say whatever they want, man. Like, because if, if they if they they say they put in something to it and that's great man we appreciate you but we got to keep moving man we got to keep growing man because this is a this is a moving ship this ship isn't going to stop because you stopped you know what i mean kind of thing so it's like i really appreciate people who put into what we're doing i appreciate the love thank you i do appreciate that but that's not what it's for man i'm not doing it for the love of people man i'm doing it for the love of the culture man for my passion for hip-hop for my passion for the culture man that's why i'm doing it and i want to help other people too because i know that i know how how to mark like i know my marketing and they don't know that you know so you know i know it's fucking them. wild is every single person that I've ever met that's really good at marketing right now, that I mean, that I think is really good at marketing, is into that altruism give back tip. Everybody I know that ever figured out marketing these days instantly becomes like a philanthropist in the making. Right. And you got to help your people, man. Like, you can't just leave them high and dry, you know? So, like, I'm a believer that... But it's it, also it, so give... baked into hip-hop. Like, everybody you yeah. listen to is like, whole team stunning. What does that mean? That means that not you are just stunning. It means the whole team also got to come through like that or else you ain't really winning. Not well, not everybody's going to be like that. You know, there's some people that are only about the grind and they're only and which is fine, man. I get it. So it's like I know some guys that are very serious into their work and and I don't really hear too much back from them. And I still give them little shout outs here and Mm. there in the inbox and like shout outs on the Internet. But that's okay though. You know what I mean? I'm not upset because I know dude's busy. Like, I know he's busy, man, So and he can't get back to everybody. So I'm not even sweating that. You know what I mean? As long as I can put my as long as I can put my helping hand into something and do something for him, that's how, if you can do what you need to do at the best of your ability, that's how those people will come back. They'll remember you. You know what I mean? Because you actually took the time to help them out. You actually took the time to get to know them on a personal level. You know what I mean? 
So that's a big thing too, man, is a lot of these guys, I'm, I'm starting to get to know these guys too. Like in this tournament, I don't know. So like there's a large chunk of these guys I don't know because they came from different places. So this is an opportunity for me to, you know, kind of get to know these guys too, as an MC, as a person, as a father, whatever your situation is, because that really matters when it comes around to you sharing your craft with other people, when it comes to you getting other people to believe in you, that's when you show that you believe in yourself, you show that you can help other people. That's how you succeed, man. So we're going to keep doing the same thing. Like, like I said, and I got a night, like, I'm happy to have the team, man, because I remember doing it when I had no team, when there was no team. So I remember when there was no team man, and every job had to be done, the graphics, the video, the promo, the voiceovers, the, the, you name it. I had to do it, man. Just a man wearing many hats. So just to be able to have good people Honestly, behind you, helping you. I feel you right there. And I have to pause that to say, shout out Chris Crumb, who going to edit this shit because I remember when I would do this and then immediately after go edit the motherfucker have to listen to myself talk and the conversation i just nah it's done the only reason you guys get timestamps is chris chrome so everybody got to give love to the people behind you and like and then that shout out chris chrome's and like <laughs> yo he had to put up with some shit but no really like yeah, it's getting yeah. bigger like bonnie she'd be like there in the moderating role a lot and then she does some like she deals with the clips because I'm not going to touch that channel. Yeah. I don't want to watch that shit again. Yeah. And like, you know, like, and then as time goes on, man, it's like behind the scenes, there's just more and more people that just show up. They just want to be involved when you got forward momentum and people stick with you. It's super hard to like, I think, be a solo player. Like, I don't get why everybody want to ride alone personally. I get why it's hard to be around people. But like, if you can find people that you can be yourself around, that's the dream. Yo, there's no I in team, homie. Straight up. That's what it is. That's the way it works, man. There's no I in team, man. Like, you need to be a team. And, and I remember going to uh, a Raekwon concert. And it was the first time I've ever seen the guy live. So I was super excited. I was, like, stoked. Walked up to the front and everything. And as soon as Raekwon came out, everybody's ah, screaming. And, you know, as soon as he goes up and grabs the microphone, literally, I shit you not, the first thing that came out of his mouth, this was in Toronto, he's like, yo, before we even start, He's like, yo, all you guys in Toronto that are doing music right now should be helping each other. He's like, all you guys are trying to just, you're like dogs over a scrap of meat. That's why none of you are eating right now. He's like, if you guys work together as a unit, you guys could accomplish amazing things. He's like, you guys need to work together, man. And that was the first thing he said, opening up in the concert. I took that to heart, bro. I took that to heart because I was like, man, this guy is like, mm. yo, he made it. He's got a hell, hell of resume. Tell a resume, this guy. And instead of opening his act and instead of coming out and just doing his songs, which is what he's paid to do, he actually went out of his way to give you a nugget of knowledge. Working with other people is a good thing. Ooh. That's not a bad thing. I agree. You when when, I mean? when Raekwon drops it, it's not just a knowledge nugget. It's a nugget of knowledge. I agree. That's like a big right. knowledge nugget. I flux with that. <laughs> Yeah, and while in the, and the guys in the battle industry, in the battle leagues, they know Travis Fleetman from KOTD. Like, they know him. I read an article that he wrote. They were asking him about this battle rap industry and what's been going on. This is in 2020, so it's a little bit outdated, but it's still relevant. And he was saying, you know, I've noticed that there's a lot of little online leagues that are starting up, too. He said, you know, in Ontario, there's a lot of little online leagues that are starting up that are trying to be that, like, big league. And he said, my advice to 
people who are out there who are starting these smaller leagues is that you need to be about the culture. You need to be about the people, about the culture, and you have to have passion for those things. And if that's what it's about, then that's how you will grow because mm. of the fact that too many people are about the brands. They're too, they're too about the brand and the growth and the, and, and all of these things. And they don't really understand that the people, yo, Richard Branson, let me drop you another one. Richard, Richard Branson, Virgin music, right? He said a company is just a group of people working together towards the same goal. Facts. He did say that. That's all it is. A brand is the same thing. It's just an established brand oh. is a concept. It can be a lifestyle. Backs War, uh, Battle Axe Warriors, Bad Child. He abandoned Yo, I would argue also. that the most successful brands are lifestyles. That's like the top tier of lifestyle, brand lifestyle brand. So I didn't want to bring up the Battle Axe Warriors because I know there's a bunch of people who are like, who cares about that guy? He abandoned his people. But if no, you go no, into the but history. If you go into the, actually, I, if you go I, into the in history, the, there was people who were riding motorcycles all over the country with these jackets on. Battle Axe Warriors jackets and stuff. It was crazy. It was a culture. It was a lifestyle. It was, it was, it was since Swollen Members, when, when Shane Bunting was in Swollen Members, he developed a culture and a lifestyle where to the point where people thought that they were in this biker gang. They thought they were in this biker just gang. Just to give them and, and credit, they've evolved now because they're still around. I, ended up, I, I performed at a Battle Axe Montreal fucking event over the internet during COVID. And they tried to like get me to open up a chapter. I'm like, hold on, you guys are going a little too aggressive with me. I do not know what you represent. But I looked into it and they're like a global charity now. And they do like a lot of really amazing work. And I just want to give love to what they are now. They're not what you think. They're not like the same thing. They separated and became a new thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Uh, shout out to Evan Browning again. He shared the stage with him once. But you know what? It's at the end of the day, I wasn't really too happy with his choices about you know, being the one man gang and everything like that. Like, I, I wasn't really too happy about that. I don't even comment, comment about that. There's people that have their own opinions, but guess what? The guy developed a lifestyle brand. He did. Called Battle Axe Warriors. And that's the thing is that if you can get into it's such a, a thing, really where good people example. Understand, it's a, well, and that's the thing is that if you can get it to a place where people understand that this is a, a culture, this is a lifestyle, this is a passion based thing. If you can get that, if you can get to that level, people will ride with you right to the end. They'll ride with you right no, to the end, man. Real and truth, though. Like, everything you're spitting, I can, like, say to a degree I'm either living or aspiring to do to some degree or another. And um, there, I, There's a lot. There's a lot of people that were. Like, you know, that's why I said, like, I just wanted to finish the thought with uh, Travis Fleetman's article. He was educating other people who were trying to get into battle rap just like they did. You mm. know, just like they did to try and get into the battle rap scene to try and grow their own little kind of culture, which is still possible. You can still gain market share in the battle rap culture. Of course, it's always possible. I guarantee you is, TikTok battle rap is wide open right now. Bro, don't even start, man. Is I it got not? plans already. I already oh, got fair. plans. Bro. Fair. He's going I already got it. plans. I got, I got it. I, yeah, yeah. I already got plans, bro. But anyways, yeah, he's if anyone caught that statement on the live, he is correct. He is absolutely correct, man. And the you fact know how is, I know is it's that... wide open because I've actually <laughs> been trying to do my research on Montreal rapper hashtags. And bro, the, the, you, the, the you know what? How few TikToks there are right now for any localized it's just... thing? It's fucking wild. There's not enough TikToks. So, it's... 
So what we're going to do, so what we're going to do as, uh, you know, like I said, we, we have a ton of different ways that we're developing to try and support our battlers, our MCs. Mm. That's what it's always been about. So one of them that we just launched was the uh, Beat Stars movement is just kind of, and the reason being because uh, my website kind of, I was having difficulties with my website. There was guys who were having trouble downloading beats and shit. So I just turned around and I said, you know what, we're going to switch it over to these guys because they know what they're doing. Now, here's the advantage of that. Now I can contain all of the beats and everything that we're going to be using. These guys are going to be using beats in future tournaments, in future events. And now I can contain it all in the same space where everybody can just go in there and grab what they need. And it's all listed there perfectly for them. So that's why I went that direction, because it was about the battlers. It was about how difficult and complicated it is. May I ask a question just to make sure I understand what you're saying? You gave up the proprietary come to my shit to go to the easier beat stars route for the sake of people is what I'm understanding. Uh, what, what I did was to make it more easier, to make it more convenient for people to access the stuff. So because it was my bad and I don't have a web development team, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to switch everything over to this platform to make it easier for the battlers. And I decided that 30% of all the proceeds that we ever get inside that store is going right back to the battlers and the MCs because the, the events, all of the promo that we do, the things that we give away to the people, that's what we want to do is we want to recycle the music that's up on that store and then the proceeds back into our battlers back into our mcs because that's what we're about man we're about you guys man and that's why we've always been doing this and the next thing is i'm glad you brought it up we won't go too far into it just to give you know we don't want too many sneak peeks out there but you did bring a good point man with the TikTok and with a, a bunch of other things that are happening right now we have a whole strategy that is is once it's implemented when on these two platforms, TikTok and Instagram, once we have this strategy implemented, it will be so accessible for people to battle. It's going to be stupid. It's going to be it. like instantaneously. They can in an instant, they can battle somebody. Now, the thing is, is that that is not in full fruition yet. So that's why I don't want to give away too many. Oh, I don't word. want to give away too many. No, I hear why you're yeah, saying that right give... now. My brain is already set. Okay, yeah, I hear yeah, you, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is a big, big thing for a marketing guy, for a marketing team. This is a big deal because this is really exciting, man, because this is carving the way is what we're doing. The universal battle zone, all of our people, all of our supporters, what we're doing is carving the way to the future of on wax battle rap. We are carving the way to the future because this is the facts are, is that so many people in the world love doing it, but they can't all you be know in the same wild is I've had the privilege of talking to some of the people who are pioneering shit like battle rap in all capacities behind the scenes and nah, nobody want to go back to beats. So it's like, there actually is a bit of a vacancy here where not a lot of like, and there is a desire for it. Like, uh, Ismail who's in the comments, right? Anytime it comes up, he always seems to have this preference for that, like scribble jam over a beat era. Right. And that's his preference. Right. Uh, I, fucking love the theatrics of the acapella battle rap don't get me wrong but the fact that there is just this whole like it's almost like the culture moved and then what's going on over here you know and i'm not saying it's not out there i promise if you look for it it's there but i don't feel like beat battles get the same love and recognition and you unfortunately because of the fact that it was a big thing right like kotd they launched uh quite the 
established brand. And the same thing with the URL, what they were doing. It was just insane. Like everybody was so gravitated to that. It became okay for anyone to be a rapper at that point. Like anyone could put together this stuff or anyone could do these things. But the thing is, is that they kind of lost the art. You know what I mean? I feel like they lost the art because anyone thinks that they could be a battle rapper, but not anyone can write like that. Not anyone can perform like that. Not anyone can get those followers that are that are on that tip. You know what I mean? Not everybody can do that. So it's like there's a, a performance disconnect. And that's what I was after. The Universal Battle Zone is after that performance that entertainment that where everything is there the bars are there the entertainment's there the people are there supporting them you know on the lives and stuff like that i understand there's no crowd and this is another thing me and my man read out there we had a chat about this like without the crowd appeal it's a lot more difficult with acapella battle rap it's a Mm. lot more difficult because you don't you don't have the people sitting there following you up with every bar with every hit okay you know what i mean but when it comes to on wax though because of the fact that we've seen all this mainstream media and everything else where people are doing song competitions and things like that it's like the crowd appeal isn't really as necessary when it comes to the performance as when it comes to the acapella say so when it comes to the acapella acapella is an experience like theater where you really got to be in the room to feel the fucking punch and you're creating products which can be manifested and digested in multiple ways beyond the actual irl thing but could also work irl that's wild right yo so they have so a good example was i brought up uh I, be, I believe I brought up Method Man you did. In the, a little while ago, and he did a promo for King of the Dot versus Math Hoffa. He did a promo video, and they had mixing engineers on deck. They had people who were, you can hear it in the sound, that, that somebody had mixed that and that somebody had applied those effects in the audio and the way the video does. And everything. I love that. You know, I, I love the promo, man. It was, it was crazy. But that's another thing is that they have now combined the two. They've combined the 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 performance with the acapella and all of that where you would have had to have been there. But instead of getting the crowd there, they amplify the effect and the feel Bro, of it. King so of when the you Dot is it, doing it, wild shit though on Twitch, just to give them like some props too, because they're like really innovating. They've launched the seasons, they've been like doing some crazy shit. And it is but it's like again, it's not what you're going for, which is still like open. And that's the wild part about it. The, and which is crazy because, you know, I guess now that we're on the topic, it's like you'd think that you'd think that there would be a lot of pe- more people who would have who would have understood on that wavelength. You know what I mean? You figure there would be a lot more people that would have got that. But it's all in preference, man. It's all in taste. You can't. I, think, I got um, people who, who I was going to say, I got people who love acapella and they are really, really good in that department. Like they're really good acapella battlers. And then there's other people who are on wax and they're really, really good on wax too. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's like, like people have this thing where like as a writer of it, and this isn't my experience. I've just talked to enough people that when you bring the beat in versus the no beat, it's like apples and oranges of skill set, right? And so you end up just having people chase at the end of the day there's a lot of chasing the bag and where's the bag the bag is in acapella so all the top pens be going there and if you look at who makes money in music right now on an honest tip you're more likely to make a bag as a battle rapper on the lowest end of shit than you are as a songwriter 
So like, why wouldn't you pursue it? Like in that end, why wouldn't you like go pursue where the bags are? And I know that that's a weird way to frame it, but as a performer, like, why would you bother with the beat side? And then if the beat side has no market, it's like, then you're just hustling songs. And I think that plays a big part of it. They'll say, they'll tell, if you, if you look at established people in the music industry, if you look at established hip hop artists, rappers, whoever you follow, that person probably makes the least of their revenue from their music. That's probably the least of their revenue I mean, is I, from their So music. I'm not even talking performing. Like as a performer, you're, you're quicker to make a bag as a battle rapper in a lot of ways than as a rapper. Right. But in the, but as a battle rapper, the only way that you're going to get those bags is if you're able to travel, if you're able to go to those places. Like Touché. you're never going to get that size Touché. of a bag you know, online. There, You're never going to get that kind of a bag online. The thing is, is that the only way you can get the this is for connections. Maybe Anybody maybe I'm like, just reflecting some ignorant shit. But if I'm thinking this ignorant shit, other people are thinking this ignorant shit. That's also possible. But, that, but so, and I can only speak on on what I know very well, and that's marketing. And when it comes to marketing, you have to make sure that those people know that you are worth that bag. And then, and if you don't show them online that you're worth that bag, they are not paying you that bag. Facts. So that's the thing. You can't, you can't sit there and say like we had this issue with judgments once. They were talking about judges, and uh, one person mentioned, you know, how can you get this man to? Ju-? I had a friend of mine that uh, was months, and months back. A very, very good friend of mine. I've known him for many, many years. This kid is obsessed with hip hop. Obsessed. He can literally name albums off the top of his head, like in the snap of a finger. He's listened to so much music. It's almost like, you know, shocking. You know what I mean? That he knows that many different kinds of music. So anyways, so I got this friend of mine to come out and judge a competition once. And he he came out and somebody had said, who's this guy to judge me on my bars? What has he wrote? What has he done? And you know what my response was to that? You You know what my response was to that? Yo, this guy right here. He's got he's purchased more albums from actual artists than I've ever seen anyone else. This guy has listened to more hip hop and rap music than anyone else I know. He is probably the best, most unbiased judge I could ever find for this exact competition that we were doing. Mm. And they were upset because the man doesn't have a name. They were upset because the man doesn't he's not a hip hop artist or he doesn't do this or he doesn't do that. And I said, you know what, though, this is probably the most unbiased opinion I'm ever going to get. This guy doesn't have a specific flavor. He tries every food. He doesn't Facts. have a specific flavor. Also, so this arguably, is the best person. On another tip, I don't know how much I trust the performers to be judges. <laughs> like that's another thing, man. Is I'm I, as a performer, as an artist, as a hip hop artist, I'm the biggest critic of right. my own work biggest biggest critic man so it's like when i'm judging somebody else's work i try not to keep it too personal because then it's going to be that over criticism and then it's going to be like you know you're not even giving the guy a chance you know what and i then mean there's so, the other part of it where like i don't want to be too typecasty but the indie rapper type tend to not be very broad in their musical consumptions and it shows so sometimes somebody will come through and actually do some interesting stuff that's an objective person would be like, it's I, but then it's weird to that crowd. And that crowd actually doesn't make for good judging because it's almost right. like they're not the audience. They're the participants and peers. This is a big epiphany I had. Like a lot of the, the Montreal English hip hop scene, which 
on Facebook at least, there's a good six, seven hundred of us that are all like connected. We all like for a long time chased each other's likes. And it made me go, this is kind of weird. This is like if we're a bunch of companies and we're more worried about each other liking each other than any of us trying to get like clients in the door, which is kind of what was happening for a minute. And then I realized that like, in a sense, we're all peers of each other. We don't have the best sense of what the audience even likes, what the real fans appreciate. So maybe it's like not the best experience to even attract fans to have the artist always be judging unless they've got some credential. But Homeboy, that's a real fan fan. That guy sounds like the perfect judge. Absolutely. The thing is, though, is that, and again, this bias comes down when it's like, if you got a dude that's part of your part of your group and he's on the, the card, you know what I mean? And then you're being a judge on the card that your homies a part of. Mm. It's like, that's why the people are like, well, obviously you're going to vote, you're going to vote for your homie. And then that's when people start thinking, oh man, this is way too biased or, or anything else. That's why I try and maintain a neutral stance. I love that we're getting into this because this is a big thing, man, especially in battle rap. They want to make sure that the judgment system is on point. Well, we've innovated some ways to make it on point because we also factor in that, the crowd has a different appeal, especially if this dude's got followers. So if we do a little precursor vote inside the group and we do a little poll, and then you'll see how many of the little followers this guy has, you know, liking and voting for him and everything else. And then when it comes down to it, like my homie Izzy, he does the bar breakdown. It's only about the bars for him. That's what he loves the most. He loves the wordplay, the double entendres. He loves the, he loves the references, the metaphors, like all that stuff. But for me, it's not that I don't love that stuff. I do. But for me, it's about creativity. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I like creativity. I like performance. I like the energy. I like the entertainment. You know what I mean? So I'm a big guy for that. And then for my other homie, Bretto, he's like an analytical guy. So he likes the bars too, but he's also very analytical. He analyzes everything. You know what I mean? And then I got my homie, E. Browning, who's just kind of a, he's like more or less a positive motivator. He's shared the stage with a lot of major players and he has a lot of credits and a lot of history in this thing. And he's not to mention he's part, he's helping us with the team and he's part of the team. So nice. it's like, I, I can't thank my people enough for being a part of what we're doing. And I can't thank the battlers enough because they take their time, their energy. They, you know, they put in a lot to this stuff and we appreciate it because when we show everybody what we got, you know what I mean? Because that's our slogan to show us what you got, but now we're going to show the whole culture of battle rap what we got as Mm. universal battle zone. We're going to show them what we got, you know what I mean? Because there's a lot of people that don't take it as seriously as we do or they don't have the extra bells and whistles, or they don't have the marketing strategy, or they don't have the branding, or they're struggling in a lot of areas, right? So that's where we get set ahead, because we know what direction we want. We're going to continue doing these tournaments. We're going to continue doing these battles. We're going to continue doing these events. And then we're going to eventually show the culture of battle rap that we do belong here. And that's exactly what it's about. So again, at the end of the day, we started something from absolutely nothing. And the reason that we grow slow is because we want to make sure that you're on board with what we're doing. You know, I don't want to, I would rather 20 guys like you that really actually fuck with what we're doing than a thousand guys who don't do nothing and don't even share your stuff, nothing. The only thing they're doing is sharing their own links. They don't even talk to any of the people in there. Uh They're just there for no reason. You know what I mean? So that's it. And you got to inspire people too, right? Like you can't just expect everybody to be full force into what you're doing. Uh You got to inspire those people too. And I get that. 
So that's basically our job is to keep you motivated, keep you inspired, to keep you moving and keep you active, man, because battle rap's a huge part of, of your craft and it's a huge part of the culture. Man. So, and that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe that. I've seen a lot of the stuff you're doing. I mean, I don't know if I'm ever going to get into being a battle rapper myself, but I do, I have become a big fan of it, which is not something I ever thought would happen. But then, you know, you watch some legends and you go, oh, I get it now. So, I mean, I'm all for it. Plus, y'all in Canada. So, I mean, psh, come on. I got to gotta rep the home country in this shit, you know? Give KOTD a, a lot of A lot more. of our guys are from the States, man. A lot of our guys come from but the United means, States. Like I, I'm going to put it like this, and this is just a little personal thing. That means you're going to bring a bunch of Americans up here, you know, and get some American money up here. I love it. Just even if it's their little tourism dollars. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what though? I want to try. Like, my I, I don't want to. I'm not trying to make you sound like a capitalist, whatever. I'm just saying, no, as a no, personal no, no, person, no, it's never been about that. It's like I love the idea of Canadian culture being exported to the states, and and we flip it, and Americans give us some love for once in that regard because our shit's fire. Yeah, and you know what though? Uh, shout out to all of those, uh, all of our guys from from the states because some of the and I hate to say it, like I don't want to go this route because there's a lot of controversy there. But mm. I've seen some really talented folks, man, coming down from the states. Talented cats, Facts. that have a lot of skills in comparison to some of the people we have here. Their skill set is huge, and that's the thing is that they just don't have the outlet. They don't, for whatever reason, you know, wherever they're at in the states, they don't really have the same outlet. So it doesn't matter where our camp is because we're trying to make it like everywhere. We're trying to make our camp everywhere, all of Canada, Ooh. all of the United States, eventually into Europe, universal battle zone, bro. When you use a word like that, that's like a big I thing. Know that. You know what I mean? That's like a big thing. You can't drop universal without having a universal strategy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> I appreciate that skills. I mean, I still stand yeah. by what I said about loving the idea of American giving us some money as a culture but what you're saying is fire in terms of like building out something that is global it's actually it's one of my biggest concerns about returning to irl so to speak is is so much of my brand is not located here like lindell's up in there somewhere in the chats he usually lurks more than talks but he's in florida so like how do i get the guy in florida to still somehow be involved in some of the cool shit i'm trying to cook up that won't be as so online centric you know like and these are real right. like things that i think matter especially in this world because you know that like you're never famous in your hometown shit it's probably really true but now you can leave your hometown without traveling and that's wild because the internet did make that possible. And in a sense, you're kind of a testament to that with how you're moving and operating, especially if right. you're able to go down to the States and attract all that. And I mean, you know, people be wildly hungry in a place that doesn't have social democracy rules, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's true. I had a guy from Ghana, West Africa, submit in one of our contests. Shout out Johnny AJ. Um, but he, he, was, uh, he was submitting in our contest and it was just, Man, my mind was blown. I was like, man, this kid is in Africa, bro. And he's submitting in our contest. There was another guy from London, England, and he was involved in some of the stuff that we were doing in the Universal Battle Zone. Like, we've already, already before, it, we haven't even done anything yet. And we've already stretched all the way over to Europe and Africa. And mm -hmm. we haven't even done anything yet. 
So this is it, man. It's just consistency. It's just keeping the tournaments going, keeping the beats fire, keeping the people motivated, continue battling, continue writing, continue rapping, and then grow this thing, man, because we're all in this together. That's another thing, too. I love how you mentioned that earlier. I want to touch on that, too, for a minute, is being a part of it, too. That's a big deal, man. I can't really disrespect people who don't know how to battle rap who are running rap leagues. It's a little a little confusing to me, but that's that's okay. You know, there are people in the industry that don't inherently actually battle rap, which is okay. But if I'm a rapper, if I'm going to sit there and approach you and say, hey, I'm a hip-hop artist and this is the reason I started this, well, I better have some bars. You know what I mean? Like, I better have something. You know what I mean? Because I can't sit there. I remember, uh, you want me to spit you one real quick? Uh, <laughs> okay, here's, like, here's what I got. All right. They talk a big game, but most of them ain't like this. I'm itching for the pen like I got nothing to write with. UBZ with me and we're looking like a flight risk. I caught them all sleeping, so I hit them with the night stick. Flipping it quick like the flip of a light switch. I'm spitting the wisdom and you're the quickest of type shit. Listen, my rhymes are lit, flowing time slick. Call me James McAvoy for every time my mind splits. Trying to build an army, not put butts in the seats. Plus, most of these cats I knew grew up in the streets. They wanted Prime Jones, film it with iPhones so the real ones show me love in my own time zone. It used to be the way I was living, I'm not joking. Selling dope in the same spot that we caught the cops scoping. Send them Addy link drops when the shop's open. Quick to shoot, but a bulletproof like Clive Owen. Mm, that's dope. Why would I sit here and say I run a rap league and not write raps, homie? <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I, I meant it more like the battle rap in particular, right? Like that's a whole thing. You could rap without battle rapping, but like you know, like that is true. Because I, true. I totally rapidly rap. I was like doing a studio thing in my room right before our interview, but like you asked me to go battle rap, and I'm not competitive like that. It's not my desire. So it's not that I. If you're saying could I, okay, yeah, of course. Should I? I don't know. Those are two different things. It's, it's not, and it's not necessarily for everybody. And I understand that. Uh, I could shout out right now, but you know, my sister Deborah, shout out Tana, shout out Stephanie, shout out a bunch of other people that have also supported everything that mm. we're doing that are not battle rappers. Yeah, at no, all. I'm a fan of it. Like I could just say I'm a yeah. fan of battle rap. I want to go to battle rap events, and you know what? For me, it's kind of beautiful to have a part of this shit. Where like I could be media, bro. Like I don't even have to it's just cool i can just love the shit and when i go to music it's not like that it's just not whenever it's yeah. all it's all weird battle rap for me at least is like wow i can like be like a regular person again because like it's not regular i do album reviews it's weird music is weird it's so science and i've heard like your your friend there are hundreds and hundreds of records and it's like it's not the same Powder rap is like, fuck, man, I would never do this shit. Let's go tear that person apart. Say your weird ass. I don't believe you, sir. All this shit I get to just go through while I'm watching all this. It's it's amazing. And I, yeah. I don't want to ruin that in a sense. <clears throat> it's uh, these guys, honestly, if, if you're a good sport, you know, about I've seen a lot of people that are not good sports when it comes to battle rap. You know what I mean? They 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 complained and then they go and do it. Like we've had a couple of incidents, even just in the last tournament that we've done. But the the reality is this: if you're a good sport and you can understand, at the end of the day, you're just trying to keep active and you're just trying to do what you love to do. Then it's never going to affect you what other people mm. have to say about you. 
You know what I mean? If you just keep it about what you love, Bro, I just don't even know how you all think about dissing each other all day long and shit, right? Like that's the part. Like that's a whole headspace. You have to like like I'm on some weirdo philosophy shit, right? So my headspace is like over there all the time. Like I I just want to I could do compliment battles. I'm might with that cuz it would be easy for me to big you up. But to have to tear you down is not something I it's a different thing. And a lot of this shit kind of goes into that. So I'd fuck with a compliment battle. Just because that sounds fun, actually. Yeah, I'll, I'll, keep you in, I'll keep you in mind, man, because we got some events coming down the pipeline. And I'm a very, I'm a big supporter of positivity. And we did a whole mental health campaign in the Universal Battle Zone. So I'm a big supporter of positivity. And I think that it's a big, uh, it's a big thing. You know, mm. it's, it's important to, to not just constantly go at the other person because, you know, you're trying to, uh, you know, put them down or, or whatever the case is. You know, it's, not everybody's like that. No, nah, I couldn't do like that shit. They, I would be depressed like a they, motherfucker. <laughs> they want to, they want to, it's not about putting the other person down. I believe it's more or less about showcasing your skills in such a way where it's opponent versus opponent, like a sport. It's like a sport. Mm. You're showcasing your skills against that other person. It doesn't necessarily mean that you, a lot of these guys are friends with the people that they battle after the fact. They'll go to a live battle and they'll battle that guy and then they'll buy that guy. Did you ever, did you ever watch that like Eminem movie bodied or whatever where they went? I'd be like that white dude and I'd take it too far. Like I just, I don't know, man. Like I, I just know myself. A compliment shit, that's like the same sport to me, but it's some shit energy wise I could fuck with. And I love watching it. It's like because it's cool, and I hear what you're saying. But even in my bars, I'm not like that. It's just it's just not who I am. And I'm cool with. I want to be an artist, artist. I don't want to go be like you know, like I I'm part of the hip hop culture because I don't want to be a vulture. You know, like that's half the reason I got so engrossed into it was like I realized that I'm walking a fucking tight rope. I better go find a way to give back and learn and get my education on and understand what the fuck I'm playing with, and then. Okay, now I'm fucking deep in it and I love it. But it was like a whole journey to get here for me. And now it's like, yo, just it's cool to just be like a fan of parts of it and just love it. Cause battle rap's wildly cool. And when I hear battle diss songs, I'm in it. You know, I'm I'm down to watch it. (laughs) If you're if you're if you're looking at the history of the group and some of the things that we've accomplished, we've had some battles between guys that would appear to hate each other uh. in these battles would appear to but their skill sets that they showcase round round for round bar for bar you cannot compare that because this is raw talent Fact. that's what you're seeing you're seeing raw talent that you would never even be able to see if this if there was no internet or if there was no way for you to connect with these types of things you would never be able to see this raw talent you would never have the chance to actually see someone's growth as an artist, see their journey as an artist, as an MC. And that's what we're trying to facilitate. Is it, the though. journey as the battle. The journey is the MC. So that's what it's supposed and that to be. And that shit I totally appreciate. Also, I just want to shout out Red Out, who is uh, also saying most battlers don't like compliment battles. I want to big someone up. I fucks with that comment. Just had to throw it out there. Yeah, yeah. It's a, see, that's my homie Red Out. And he's, you know, it's important. Like, what he's saying is facts. There's a lot of people that don't like to do that because they're more about the thrill, the thrill of 
being able to mm. cut somebody up, the thrill of being able to lyrically destroy that man. Oh yeah, I bodied that guy kind of thing. Like I see, I see what Bro, people are doing. I want to make that. motherfuckers beam so big, maybe they shed a tear on stage and break their fucking bravado because I'm spitting such joy in your face. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, that sounded like borderline threatening. Like, I don't know what that was about. But yeah, it was just yeah, I got yeah. hyped so up. We got, a, we got a spot. Maybe we got a spot for you in the Universal Battle Zone, man. Yeah, I'm down to that up. I'm down to collaborate <laughs> shit and, and figure out stuff in the bigger picture. Because, I mean, I don't know how it manifested. But, yo, imagine that. Like, because it's absurd shit. It's absurd to watch super aggressive kindness. It's absurdly. That's what makes it entertaining for the average person. Right, right. And that's the thing is that at the you know, we have we have a ton of options available. It's like you said in the beginning, the world is our oyster, man. Mm. We we can do whatever if we wanna take this to the next level, if we wanna be a leader in the battle rap industry, we can do that. That's the thing, is that people tell you you can't do something because they can't do it. That's the only reason Facts. they're saying that to you, is because that's not something they can do. That's why they're saying that you can't do it. So let me just switch that narrative. You can do whatever you want to do, bro. If Facts. you put your mind and your energy That's what I was it, saying. It was about the minds and the energies. It's, so that's why you bridge the gap. That's what this show is. You find where you at. You find where other people are at. You bridge the gap in the middle. And you find a way to create magic that maybe never even existed before. But that, that, that is very true. In fact, working with other people that are in the same thing. So for, on my level, it's like working with another league or somebody that's doing the same thing as us and then collaborating our efforts so that we can showcase not only what we're doing, but then big ups their league too. People would say that that is some sort of a, uh, like you're, you're just trying to, to leverage their network or whatever. Like people have twisted opinions, but that's why it's so important not to listen to other people. Nah, in fact, like, it's like the, I try so hard, and maybe I'm not the best at it always. I I forget sometimes, but I try really hard to big up any other, especially English in Montreal, platform that does something in the hip-hop scene. Because, like, being English in this city is weird in a way that it might not be the same for y'all. But, like... Sometimes people let me tell you, let me tell you if you were downtown Detroit, it'd be a different story. <laughs> yeah, but like just Montreal is a special place, right? It's just a special place over what it is. And the thing is, is there's it's like four million people, so it's a weird special place because we're like one of the most populated places, but it still kind of feels like we're struggling in a way that isn't whatever. So, my solution is to try to highlight everything here so that the scene can see what we are you know and take some pride in what we are but then also like work together because like yo you know what's lit is when 18 brands are sponsored together on a flyer working together that makes me as a consumer more like hmm, i want to show up to this shit it's not hot to have like only two people maybe and it's like but then we all don't know how to play nice together and i'm only learning how to do that now <laughs> i'm not saying i'm the best at it but we all are really bad at it on truth and yeah it, politics is a it's a big unfortunately people are very proud for what they do and there's nothing wrong with that man i've never disrespect somebody else who's proud of who they are or what they're a part of 
There's nothing wrong with that, man. But the thing is, is that you got to learn how to work with other people, man, in the same industry, because if you can't get along and then, you know what, I, I'm putting my foot in my mouth. I bet you Red Oat's watching too, because I've gotten heated in some situations, homie. I've gotten heated in some situations and I've gotten upset for no reason, man. Like it was just, and broken relationships. Like I'm building relationships. Yes, I'm connecting with people, but there's relationships I've burned in the past yeah, but, because of stuff like that. But let's be real, you Mr. Know? Jones. There's not a person in our position that doesn't have a pile of ashes next to the foundations we're building. Okay, because that's the facts mm -hmm. of that situation. Like, look, I'm not sitting here. I, bro, there are even moments, and in one person's case, where I'm like flat out the aggressor of the situation. And should I run into this person and there are consequences? I deserve it because even in my heart and soul, I know I said the dumb shit. And I had, like, you know, and I broke that guy's. Like, we all have moments with people sometimes. And then you're a bigger man. You're a bigger man in that situation, man. Recognizing you had the like the first step to finding a solution is recognizing there's a problem. I'm not gonna you say know? in all situations there was one where fact everything else is murkier, but yo, in every part of it, yeah, I can see what I did wrong. And like I feel like that shit's hard to do, but like oof, it's just I had to go through those experiences of burning those bridges and yo, know, in all those cases it's time loss, right? You invest in people and then there's the like people like act weird about this shit maybe, but like when you have a close friend that you break up with, that shit hurt as bad as like when a girl and you break up and then you have to go through a whole coping process when homeboy you know what I mean? Like shit get wildly like out there, so it all affects you and then after that, you know, you learn how to you know, swallow your pride and shit and, you know, be a little bit better. And this, and this is true. And you know what? It's learning again, like, uh, you know, it's people skills. You learn as you go. Like you said, there's bridges burned in the past, but just to kind of sum it all up, because there's a lot of people that didn't really catch it up to this point. So just trying to sum it all up. The facts are, is that people skills are where you're going to excel in your brand and in what you're doing in your craft. The facts are, is that I grew up in a situation where people skills was the only thing I had to turn to because I didn't have these kind of things going on digitally when I was younger. So honing my people skills was a big deal when I was younger and which is why I'm so talented at communicating today. And growing this brand and educating myself in school, taking college, taking a course or learning something has really helped me mm. get ahead to where we was are. Was your today. course like in real life or was it internet? No, it was, I went to college. I graduated sales and marketing. It was a fast track course. It was two years, but it was supposed to be four. But like it was, it so, was like the whole like the in with people, like peers, all that. Oh yeah. I was third place in all of Ontario, bro, in the entrepreneur entrepreneurship competition. Yeah, third place. And in all of the country I was third place and uh it was the great Canadian sales competition. We had to do a video talking about, you know, something we're passionate about. I was third place in that too. And I was all the country. The thing is is that like in school I learned a lot about people and how you have to connect and how you have to operate if you're ever going to think if you're ever going to be a professional or think about yourself as a professional of what you're doing, you got to learn from other people who are professionals. So that's what I did is I went and connected with some of the guys when Neil hey, like I can't shout out some of these guys man cuz they don't follow this type of stuff, but you know, well, I had you to can really shout them out. Investor. Always. It's a Neil Neil Thornton's a, is a good influencer too. He's one of the, he's one of the 
uh, more established business consultants here in the Niagara region. This guy taught me how to be aggressive in a situation when you're trying to get your point across, but you want to be nice about it too. And you don't have to be rude. He taught me how to like deescalate conflicts and stuff in the middle of situations that are really, really bad. Like these guys give you skills and little nuggets and gems that you can use later on in life. Mm. When it comes to my lyricism and my growth, it was people I looked up to that I was learning from at the time. There was an artist, his name was Sazy. And then there was uh, Tino, and there was Chewy, the UTVMG. There was Marcel, aka Mufik. He switched his name after a while. Um, he was somebody that I also followed too in his music. These guys are just local guys. They're little like local legends almost. You know what I mean? Like it's not on the mainstream or anything, but if you ever like followed their work, you know that these guys are a big deal, right? So. I was just using my influence locally and and I started bringing it to a brand. Now we're doing battle tournaments. We're actually in the process. If For those that didn't hear earlier in the interview, we're in the process of round two of the Lyrical Monsters tournament. We are actually amping up for tournament two, which nobody really knows yet. So that's a sneak preview. We're amping up for tournament two. And we're going to be consistent. Like, we're never going to leave these people high and dry. We want everybody to be as active as possible. So that's why we're doing this the way we are. And I'm, and I'm in the middle of releasing an album, too. This Path Chose Me. Uh, it's been in the works for a while. That's five tracks, a CP. And it's a big deal, right? Because it's a story of my life and the struggles that I've had in this time, building this brand and, and being a family man and, and dealing with all kinds of things. Like, it was a big deal for me. So um, if you want to check that out, my history of music, you can follow along. If you're a battler, MC, rapper, somebody who's interested in any of the things that I've talked about, you can check us out at the Universal Battle Zone group on Facebook. We are also on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter too. So if you guys want to follow along with us, you can. I do appreciate uh, Stefan, you know, giving me the time, man, yeah. like to come on your show and, and you know, yeah, come man. on the interview, man. No, I appreciate, I appreciate that. you. Yeah, it's uh, Holden is the name. <laughs> Did you did you have did you have any other questions for me during the interview? Honestly, no. Nah, this is usually how the interview just goes, right? It's like um, we just talk, and then usually it just kind of flows. And yeah, don't get me wrong; it's nine thirty. I see the time too, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, it's and I have another project on the go too, which you know, I as those who did follow along earlier, they know we got the Beat Stars account in fruition. So I have a ton of different projects that I'm trying to load up to this account. I also have. Again, we're working on the promo video for these guys. Uh, we got Stigma versus Ashabim coming up. We got OG Verbs versus Bowie Savages coming up. And then Stash the Dope versus, oh man, my brain. I'm having a brain fart right now. I'm having a brain fart. It's fine. You know what? It's going to be sick. These last battles are going to be sick. And, and you know, a lot of these guys, that, like if it wasn't for your support, man, we wouldn't be able to do it in the first place anyway. So I do appreciate everybody that supported and yo go throw this man a follow man this guy is working hard stefan's out there interviewing all kinds of people for music he's got all kinds of background stuff going on right like but you know what what else do you got going on right now oh man we're doing a bunch of shit um <clears throat> we're setting up for irl basically um well music is a huge my focus is songs so I, i'd be working on music all the time i released a fuck ton of music i was like i could do that but i could also just go do this because i'm set up here so it's easy peasy um we're doing the interviews uh we're setting up to create a database of all the english montreal artists that are hip-hop in in the city just i want everybody in this like the whole city like nobody's doing it 
because why i don't know but it's really hard to google montreal rappers and we're not the best at social media or the internet because there is a there is an advantage to being good at that <clears throat> uh so somebody has to do this part so we're doing that uh we're gonna do like a lot of park shows so i found out that amps aren't expensive <clears throat> little like 50 dollars a month thing you can plug in two mics and it bluetooth the beats so it's like we're gonna do almost like shows in the park where like i try to oh, book okay. people because yeah i think sometimes okay. people go way too high key and then nobody's nurturing the low key so i'm gonna try to nurture mm. that low key because yo if we can just get grandmas in the park talking about our music then you know it transcends your grandmas will wildly hustle your rap to everybody if they like like your rap i'm not playing like they'll be like yo i found a rapper in the park you should check him out like that's some <laughs> real ish y'all may not know that <laughs> Yeah, but like but, yo, the leader, the leader of the of the retirement homes, ladies and gentlemen, bro. Because yo, it's a different era. Everybody hears rap now. It's not like it was. Um, but then there's also just performances. Like I got booked already twice in April. <clears throat> in April, so like I have a show on the second and the twenty fourth. So like I'm like should say where well, I got to go politic. So my summer is about to be like probably slow down the interviews actually. Just so I can focus on being at events, right? Right. And then find a way to incorporate streaming into that, you know, really work on music while I'm in this fucking buzz and then maybe pick up some of the more stationary shit because I want to fucking leave my house in the winter. So it's like right, right. figure out ways to balance that. But like we're just kind of growing. We have a couple of things too with regards to VR migration. So uh, like TikTok's open, VR is super open. So this is where my man Chris Chrome is doing some serious amounts of heavy lifting. But even after this, believe it or not, I have to go install some VR app and go freestyle on some next man stream in his little VR basement space and some fucking app shit. And just so I can participate and show love. So it's like a lot of trying to innovate virtual reality environments and migrate it so that you could be like, yo, let me throw the fucking battle rap thing in the VR place. And then we like, we got you. Right. Right. Well, and uh, that's definitely something to, you know what I mean? If you're glad to hear that you're working, glad to hear that you're, you know, keeping it real man. just doing what you love to do. And that's entire, the entire focus of all of the things that I am a part of is just doing what I love to do mm. and being around the people that are a part of that. So I do appreciate you giving me the time to Facts, do this man. interview. And I appreciate you. My bladder you. is swollen. I so, definitely have to use the washroom right, after so give, two hours. So. Give me a little second yeah, to ra wrap it up properly, though. So I appreciate you coming through here. And I just want to give a big shout-out to everybody that watched it live that's still with us from the different platforms. Y'all are wonderful people. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe. Links will be in the description of the video and whatnot for the future of anybody that's watching this. Um, it's the.official.jones, I believe, on Instagram is that handle for the audio-only people. You can figure it out from there. Make sure to go do all of that good stuff and show some love. And on that note, everybody, I totally appreciate you being here with us. And live long and prosper, everybody out there in the universe. All right, yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yo, everybody, you're going to see what happens in round two, Lyrical Monsters, man. Let's go, UBZ. Thank you.